Episode 237 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, uh, your humble host for the next couple hours of intense gaming discussion. Alongside me, I have Matthew Kyle, and we're both coming off, at least in my opinion, the best week of gaming for 2020. You agree with that, Matt? Yeah, it's, pretty up, it's up there. It's funny that like you finally did that new intro this year and it's all us going to the studio. <laughs> the intro is us going to the studio. We don't go to the studio anymore. I think I used we used that intro maybe four times. Like three or four times, yeah. Before yeah. we actually never did the show in the studio again. That's when COVID went crazy. Uh, it has been an awesome week, everyone. Matt and I have been playing our guts out trying to get through all the PlayStation 5 launch stuff. We're gonna talk it was about a big contrast to like last week with the oh, Xbox. Oh yeah. We're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about it. Um, in fact, we're gonna review the PlayStation 5. It's our first topic in today's show. Before we get to that, though, just some housekeeping. Uh, if you're checking out the show on any of the podcast services out there, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and you want to support us, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. Uh, you can give us a dollar a month, a hundred a month, whatever you want. Uh, but our show and the site rely 100% on the donations given us given to us there at Patreon. And speaking of which, another way that you can help us is with Twitch Prime, and it's completely free. Here in the live stream, we already have a ton of people who have done it. Uh, Andy T. Monahan, thank you. Um, Nox Aterinitis, I know I'll never get that right. Thank you. Uh, Mega Drive Guy, a Jackaloper, Texture Glitch, Corey Film, thank, thank all you guys for Twitch Prime. Again, Completely free. You can give us a free $2.50 a month. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, the instructions are below. But it's very simple to figure out if you're checking us out, out on the wilds of the internet. So, Matt, it has been a crazy week for me just beyond the fact that the PlayStation 5 came out and there's all these games to play to get ready for today. I got, like, my new TV stand and my mounting thing for my new TV for the wall and I got the stand. I had taken my old stand apart, not apart, but taken everything out of it. Um, and everything was sitting in a pile. And then I got the new one. I was going to build the new one, slide it in behind the old one, slide the receiver into the new one, and then take the old one out. Well, I get the new stand and it's like busted. I'm not going to go into the details of it, but the bottom line is it was busted. I didn't even realize it was busted until halfway into the project. So mm -hmm. I have my living room is a freaking disaster. I had actually planned on doing today's show from my living room instead of here because my wife is also gone for Thanksgiving. So I could have done that, but it's a complete disaster. So on top of all that, um, I've also in the PlayStation 5 launch, I've also been dealing with all these logistics and it's been crazy, but I'm glad to be here. This is where I center myself every week. Uh, Matt and I talking about video games. And before we get going, actually, I want to throw to Jared, who is running the TriCaster today. Jared, you sat and listened to Matt and I uh, talk about PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X now for months. You've seen our chat get hype about it. As someone who's more of a casual player, where would you say on a scale of 1 to 100, one to 100 your interest is in buying a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X? Uh, on Xbox, it's probably close to zero. Okay. Uh, PlayStation, you know, six or seven. Okay. I'll, I'll buy it eventually, but I don't see any reason to buy it right now. Okay. And you got, just for the record, you just got your PlayStation 4, what, like a year and a half ago? Is that right? About two years ago. Two I got years a ago. Switch about a month or two ago. 
Okay, so now you have a wow, Jared. We're yeah. really rubbing off on you, well, bro. You got you got two consoles. Well, well, that's why I asked you about Breath of the Wild because you and uh, Matt were raving about ah, it. Ah, right. You were raving about it, and then I bought it and played it, and then you're both like, you know, I didn't really like this game that much. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's not that we didn't like it that much. It's that we didn't like it as much as everyone else. Is is what it is. It's yeah. still a great game. Like I think you're gonna love it. But I'm very happy to hear. You got a second console. That's amazing. So yeah. maybe we can elevate you above casual now. <laughs> I think we've assimilated you into the Borg, my brother. Yeah, That's good news. Yeah, I like I to am, hear that. I am disturbed when I see how much time I spent playing Breath of the Wild. So. What the <laughs> hell else are you going to do? We're freaking locked down. That's so. true. It's all good, man. So that's great to hear. Um, and like I said, we are about to review the PlayStation 5. It's our first topic for Game Phase 237. Let's just get straight freaking to it. Um, the first thing I want to say, Matt, is your point that you made in the show open about how different this week was from last week. Oh, my gosh. It like night and day. This was this was a console launch week. This is what it's supposed to be like. Um, it's so funny how people were like, there's no games. There's Oh, my gosh. I was completely overwhelmed with games this week that are Playable on PlayStation 5, sure, maybe on another console, but I got to play them on my PlayStation 5 where they look amazing. Um, so for me, this has been an amazing week. Like I said in the show open, the best week of gaming for me of the entire year, I have been in heaven. <laughs> I've just been euphoric like all week, just jumping from one game to the next, fiddling around with the hardware. And speaking of which, let's start there. Let's start with the hardware, Matt. Um, how has it been your first week with the PlayStation 5? Um, it's fine. I mean, it works. That's all I really demand of it. Um, it's ridiculously large. Uh, I set it up vertically because it just makes the most space sense. Uh -huh. um, I otherwise, haven't had an issue with it. Uh, the, my, only, um, my only complaint is... Um, uh, I don't like that when you switch to the HDMI input, it automatically turns on. Like, I will, I will turn my PlayStation on when I am goddamn good and ready. <laughs> but other than that... Can you like, turn that off? If there is a... I'm sure there is a setting for it, but I can't find it because we'll get to the OS later. Yeah. Part <laughs> of it might be your TV, too, because I've been learning a bunch of stuff. <laughs> it's the same input as my PS4. Like, it shouldn't be any different on that. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. If you have, like, a control, HDMI control turned on on your TV, then it may it's be... Not. It's not. No. But that I, kind I of stuff gets very complicated. Whether you have it, like, turned on on your receiver, whether it's on on your TV, and whether it's on on the console can all affect whether stuff turns on or mm -hmm. off on its own. It's been, mad, I'll admit, it's been maddening for me for both this and the Series X to get that stuff tuned in because it seemed like I got it set up for Series X okay, but then I had to do it all over again for PlayStation 5. So I hear you. It's all about that HDMI handshake, mm -hmm. that CEC control. And it can be really handy and cool when you get it set up. Like, you know, my new TV remote, now it controls everything. It controls my TV, my PlayStation 5, and my receiver. When I hit the power button, all of those things come on. When I hit, hit the power button again, all those things go off. So there's good that can come from it, but you're right. It can be a pain in the butt until you kind of get them sorted out. Also, watching your unboxing footage here reminds me that uh, 
Xbox definitely wins in the packaging department. <laughs> they make they definitely made more of an event out yeah. of their console. They had like that. They more of an Apple style yeah. to it. it they had like, like a, a wrapper ribbon around yeah. it that had like their slogan on it. And PlayStation's just like, yep, so here you like, go. Here's the box. It's white. Just open it. Like get yeah. on with it. No, it did uh, have more stuff in there. Like, yeah, it and it had like an actual instruction manual. It had like the the quick start thing. You know what Sony always has. Um, a little self-assembly with the with the stand there. How do you feel about the stand, Matt? It's fine. I, I hate it. I, I hate I, it. I stuck it on and I stood it up and that's it. See, that's that's fine. That is fine for you. Um, and if look, if you don't ever move your console, it is going to be fine. Mm -hmm. I move my console constantly. I'll bring it back here to capture footage. Then I'll take it back out to the living room to capture on the big TV with the full like seven point one audio to get the real experience of the game. But every time I do that, I have to, t the stand, like it doesn't snap and stay on. So you pick it up, it falls off. Like when you're putting it, it does? In, yeah, it doesn't stay mine's, connected. Mine's literally screwed on. It doesn't, it doesn't come off. Oh, then maybe I need to screw mine on. Yeah, there's a screw in the inside the stand. If you, ah. open, if you open it, cause there's a, if you rotate it, there's a little slot that opens and there's a screw, like a metal screw in there you can pull out and screw in. And it's also, there's a little, little hole there where you're supposed to put the the, the rubber dot that you it's take out. It's like a camera, the, basically. Like yeah. putting a camera on a, on a tripod. So you have to, yeah, so it's just like that. And I, I totally miss that. I actually used a, 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 well, if you looked at the instruction manual, it would Yeah, I, I did not. It, I will fully it, would act, it actually is like a coin uh, screw. Oh, okay. I, I just okay. used a uh, nickel to, to yeah. screw it in. It, it holds fine. Like I, I, was, I thought you were going to say you had to put it horizontally in one room and vertically in the other, which no, wouldn't no, be no. a problem. Well, the bigger problem really isn't that the stand doesn't stay attached, although that was annoying. Uh, the bigger problem is like when you move it around, one, the stand is like really flimsy and it feels like it may not hold up to a lot of moving around or bumping and jostling. And two, mm. like I bring it in here and put it on top of my PC tower to capture and it's an uneven surface on the top. So you have the stand, the foot that goes down in the little recess, and then the console like rocks on top of the PC. Like, I don't know. I think it was foolish design in all honesty. I feel like the console should have been able to stand without the stand like their prior consoles have. Because um, they've really It feels silly to, to, to have it rely yeah. for stability on something that can get lost. Yeah, I, but you look at their other consoles, they've always put out stands for them, but they weren't they were necessary. Optional. Yeah, and now it is necessary. And it... I don't know. I am a 100% function over fashion guy in pretty much every walk of my life. Everything has to just have a purpose. And if it's cool, aside from that, great. This also, I, I don't think it's worth it in the sense that I think this, I think it's one of the ugliest consoles ever made. It is heinous. So, like, it, it, it's not even like it's in service to a cool look. It's just nope. like... It looks like it looks terrible. Like it's, I like it's a, it less the more I have it. I'll be honest yeah. with you. The other thing I've noticed is when you're laying it horizontal, <laughs> the corner of the PS5 looks like a street corner. There's like <laughs> a roof and then the sidewalk comes out and then there's a little light that peers down like a street light. Yeah, like I've almost true. like set up little dude. I want to set up like little dudes that just hang out on the corner <laughs> of my PS5 like slinging drugs like, or whatever. Like loiterers <laughs> at the corner of the PS5. Yeah. Yeah. So have you I seen have you seen that Philadelphia cream cheese has put out a special cheesecake five philadelphia five thing you can buy it's like a little kit and it comes with a pan that looks like the ps5 and you make a no. cheesecake in it and put a, like a top over it and it's like a cheesecake ps5 no I, I a, that's a real that. thing and that's it's cool. sold out 
I believe it. Pulled out a pre-order. Well, I'm fine with stuff like that. I think it's, oh, it's fun. fun. It's fun. I tried to get one, but like, yeah. I, I just think it's funny that like you've got a completely unrelated companies piggybacking. Oh, it's, it's PlayStation Five thing. mania right now, Matt. Like it's yeah. everyone. Everything's is starting to set in now. The people who didn't get pre-orders and everyone's got them and they're seeing everyone play them. They're they're getting FOMO, mm. and now they're really starting There's to screw. You see the screw? Yeah, yeah. There it is. And now they're really starting to engage with the process of trying to get one, and it is tough out there. Yeah, real tough. And the prices on eBay, like I wouldn't pay them. And I'll say this right now, before we even talk more about PS Five, I would not pay those eBay prices. I would not. Oh no, pay. no, no. I would get if I would get a PS Four Pro for a couple hundred bucks off of eBay first, and just kind of limp along with that for a year or so before I would pay those eBay prices. Um, but anyway, I know a lot of you guys are trying hard. I really wish y'all luck. I hope you guys find them because I have been loving the hell out of my PlayStation 5. It has been completely different for me from the Xbox Series X. I'll be honest with you, Matt. I have not turned my Xbox Series X back on since last I week. have. I went back to Assassin's Creed a couple times. Oh, see, I did not. The only reason I would go back is for Watch Dogs Legion. And I think I'm probably not going to play more of that game until maybe next year. So... I have no reason to go back. I have not turned it on again. Um, it has been completely night and day for me, PS5 week versus Xbox Series X week. Um, for me, the Xbox Series X ended after I learned the ins and outs of fiddling with the hardware. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, the Xbox Series X was two days. Yeah, that's so, true. Like, that's or three point. days if you count the time I waited for the PlayStation 5 to show up in the mail <laughs> on Thursday. Um, yeah. But I went back and played Assassin's Creed a few times still. Um, I did too, but I played it on PS5 because I was playing on yeah, PS4. Yeah, so that was different. It's, it's That's not really an Xbox thing more than like what I bought the game on. Yeah. Um, I went back and installed a few more things on Xbox to see what it looked like. But I, I actually think, I think the last thing I installed was Red Dead Redemption 2. And I forgot to go back when it finished to load it up. So, I mean, PS5 has definitely absorbed the majority of my time since since it arrived. Now, the one thing I will say is everything pretty much worked on PlayStation 5 that mm -hmm. was supposed to be there on launch day and was supposed to work. There was a few a few issues, like I had a problem with charging my DualSense while the console was in standby mode. They released a firmware update last night that seems to have fixed it. So mm -hmm. that was my big issue. I would put the console in standby, plug the controller in, come back here and work. Go back out to play, and the, con the controller would still be dead. Um, Controlling, uh, charging through USB-C, I've noticed, can be slow at times. I've had that problem with the Pro Controller on the on the Switch, especially if it's not turned on, mm. um, if it's not actively on. Um, and sometimes when I plug it in, like my my laptop, like the it just doesn't charge. The thing I've noticed on the the dual the dual sense, I've mostly been playing unwired, like unplugged. And then when it gets low, I'll plug it into the the cord on my attached to my laptop, and I've noticed that it it the charge stays constant like that, but it does not get bad, big, fuller. Like it yeah. doesn't fill up. So like it, it, clearly it uses enough power when it's on that you're not going to charge it while using it because it's it's using it at the same rate it can basically eat it, I think. Well, I have not had a problem with it. It's, it's charging charged. very, very slowly. Well, if it is charging, you know, and I figured this out because when I went back, I could tell it hadn't charged at all and I started paying attention. If it's charging while it's in standby, it will pulse orange. Mm -hmm. Like orange lights will go up. And that was not happening at all until after the patch. Mm. And now it is happening. And, I, and it is charging now. So they seem to have fixed that. Other issues I had were just like where they moved stuff, um, like being able to turn the thing off. I had to text you to ask you yeah. how to turn off the PlayStation 5. Uh, there's a lot of things where like, I do not think this OS is an improvement. 
uh, at all. I think they mostly rearranged the deck chairs in the Titanic. Like, I mean, a, they, that's exactly the, what they did. They just moved a bunch of the same functionality, but like it's in more inconvenient places. They removed some things that I like. Like they rem- like you can't hit the shoulder buttons to jump from the left and right end of the of the panel yeah. line anymore. Which is like, why the fuck is that removed? Like they they moved they arbitrarily moved the a lot of the options down to the bottom when you hit the PlayStation button. Yeah, um, and then you got and if you want different settings, you got to go all the way up to the top and move over to the settings. It really makes no sense. Just like, like, why are it, there two bars? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's really weird. I agree with you. Like, it, most of the changes don't make much sense to me. Now that I'm used to it, it doesn't really bother me anymore. No, it's just like, it's just weird. Like, um, yes, they, they swapped where yes and no are on the left and right sides when you have to confirm or deconfirm something. I'm like, why did you do that? Like, I'm used to look it this way and you moved it the other way. And so now I got used to that. It's just like weird. Um, one thing I will say that I really like is they have an option to set the a universal setting for the whole console uh, for invert Y. Um, awesome. <laughs> not not every game recognizes it though, so <laughs> not so awesome. But they're getting there. Uh, what was it? Because uh, I I learned that because I tried to play Astro's Playroom and there's no option in Astro's Playroom to invert. You mean y. rescue mission. No, whatever the the whatever the Astrobot thing is. Yeah, that's rescue mission for PS5. Rescue mission? Playroom is the PS4 one. Is it? Yeah. It's so it's like but there's no there's no options in that game. Like you can't swap invert Y. So yeah, I'm like, I mean, what the hell is that? We'll so talk I Google about that. that so I Google that and there's a way to do that, but you have to do it in the system settings, but then like some games just don't recognize it and it's weird. And then like one game, uh, I think it was Bug Snacks did not recognize it and the next day it did. So weird. That is weird. Um, so things are being updated and things are, you know, that stability, whatever they called it, the stability update. There was no specific things. I have seen this stuff about it, the systems bricking while sleeping, um, which seems to be more, more t- mostly tied in with Spider-Man Remastered. Mm. Uh, the majority of reports of that have been the system asleep while Spider-Man Remastered is running. I've had um, no problems like that at all. So neither have I, uh, other than when I first started it up, it had to like rebuild the desktop or something. It, it had to like re, re, re repair something, uh, which I assume was just startup bugs. Um, but uh, there have been a lot of, a lot enough reports that I don't put it to sleep now. I just turn, I quit, quit all the games and turn it off um, just in case something like that. Because the problem is like, if this thing gets bricked, you're not getting another one for a while. Yeah, so I mean, it's, they'll replace it, but they'll replace it, but you're not like, yeah. get one. Yeah, so maybe just and, stay away from that game for a bit. <laughs> and I really don't want to have to ship this thing anywhere. So yeah. uh, it's uh, so that's a little troubling, but uh, uh, whatever. Like I'm sure they'll get around to fixing that or whatever. I'm, I'm in no hurry to play Spider-Man Remastered just yet. So. Oh, I've got plenty, plenty to get through. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like moving like the settings up to like the top, like I was okay with that because they were like kind of buried um, in the prior stuff. But you're right. There's no reason to have like two crossbars now. And also mm-hmm. there's other things that are like missing. Like you can't add stuff to the home crossbar folders still yeah. aren't there. That's what or a lot like, of- or like they put up like you can see in the B-roll there, like the, the PS plus pane panel is up to tell you like, oh, you can get free games, but there's no way to remove that. Yeah, like I can't, I can't delete that from my line lineup. Like I could do that on PS4 if they put up like basically was an ad in my little panel feed. I can yeah. delete that and get rid of it and just see the games I have. And yeah. I can't, do, I can't do that on this yet. I'm sure they might add that later. Yeah, I mean, look, it is week one, so yeah, it says Astro's Playroom right there. Where the panel, like with Astro on the uh, on on the B roll, it says Astro's Playroom. That's where I got that. 
Oh, got you. Um, so I don't know. I think a lot of stuff like folders and things like that, I would expect them to come. I would also expect the ability to add stuff to the home screen eventually to show up. Um, now, PlayStation 5 does not have quick resume, but if you do, if you tap the PlayStation button, this little menu pops up from the bottom that we've been talking about. And there's like a, there's an option there to like quickly return to your latest apps. Um, and it's not quick resume, meaning that like the game isn't suspended and you go back yeah, and it, pick it up just, right where you started. Yeah, it just quits it and opens the other one. And opens the other one. But my, what I was getting at is that with these SSDs, these games boot up so freaking mm-hmm. fast that like, I don't know how much of an advantage quick resume is. I guess what I'm getting at is I would rather Sony focus on some other stuff than getting quick resume. Yeah, I don't think that's a useful feature, especially because like what the Xbox does at least is it basically takes a snapshot of the RAM and stores it on the SSD. Mm -hmm. And that's more, the, the PS5 does not have much SSD bandwidth left to use on weird system stuff that I only use occasionally because I've got eight games installed on this thing and I'm down to 260 gigs. Like yep. it's the storage problems are real already, and you're, right you've there. got it even worse. Worse because you have Call of Duty installed, which is just a giant beast. Yeah. Well, the other thing too that I didn't realize, and this is something that I do want to talk about because this is something that does need to get fixed. Is and a lot of people may not even realize this. You, may, if you have a PS5, you may be playing the PlayStation Four version of Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed or Call of Duty. I was for a little bit. Um, now, and this is the crazy part. So. I installed Black Ops Cold War for the first time on PS5. I never played it on PS4 at all. I played the betas on PS4, but not the actual retail game. It still downloaded the PS4 version of the game. When I went to download it, I just selected all because I got like the deluxe version from Activision or whatever, and there's a bunch of dumb crap in there. So I selected download all. It downloaded the PS4 version and the (laughs) PS5 version. And then when it started, it defaulted to PS4. Mm. it's so bizarre and what you have to do is when you go to the screen where it has like the bubble that you click to press play there's an ellipsis right next to it click that and then that brings up a menu that lets you select the version of the game you want to play um and and to that uh, i had played assassin's creed valhalla on my ps4 pro and then i did install it on playstation 5 it did the same thing it installed both versions um, but I hadn't started playing that before I realized it. So I saw the PS4 version, for, for version was there. I deleted it, started playing the PS5 version, all my armor gone. I he, The game starts and I'm naked. All the armor that I had earned throughout the game is gone. My weapon was still there, thank God, because I freaking love that weapon. All my armor, all like my helms that I had earned in missions, like the animal helms, like mm. all gone. That is I, weird. Yep. And then I shut it down and I like, okay, maybe I come back. Like it's doing some kind of a sync thing in the background. I came back, still gone. So <laughs> there are issues there. Um, also, first of all, if I'm playing on the PlayStation 5, it should default to the PlayStation 5 version. Yeah, that would make sense. I should not have sense. to select well, that. Well, and the other thing is like, so if you put a disc in that, I, don't, I haven't done this myself, but I know people who have, because I don't actually have any games that are both yet but if you put a disc in that's a ps4 game that also supports a ps5 game it will download both like you said but here's the thing you you know what so like what people my friends have been doing is like they okay they delete the ps4 version so they just play the ps5 version but they've switched games periodically if you put the disc back in it automatically starts downloading the ps4 uh, version again God. and you have to cancel it yeah there's it's stuff like, that they need some, to figure out for there's sure there's some streamlining that needs to happen in there for sure 
Um, I all the stuff I've played with transferred saves from PS4 have just been PS4 games. Uh, no Man's Sky, Horizon, um, Days Gone, uh, God of War, and um, Shadow of the Colossus. I will say this: you, I think we all, anyone who's played Horizon, knows that one of the downsides of it is it takes forever to load that damn thing. Like when you first load the from the title screen, you're sitting mm-hmm. there for a while. Yeah, it takes eight seconds. I mean, it's fine. It's ridiculous. There are no load times anywhere in anything. Like, it's so funny. Like, I'm used to playing these games where you see it dip to black and you like sit the controller down and like pick up your phone, maybe look at like your watch. Like, no, like you can't. It just starts. Like, there's there's no downtime anymore. It's awesome. There was a great tweet that was like, sorry, I haven't responded to your text. Video games basically don't have load screens anymore. Yeah, they don't stop anymore. It's great. I love it. But, to what we were talking about earlier, there's no doubt that Microsoft has done a better job with Series X handling the straddling generations. Um, mm-hmm. They've done a much better job than PlayStation has. The, um, the smart and smart delivery makes a lot more sense now. It works. Yeah, and yeah, it, does, it, it just, hasn't it worked. It just does it. Yeah, and it hasn't really worked on PlayStation 5 for me anyway so far. But again, these are small things that I think by the probably by episode 238 will be fixed. Like... I had the problem with the charging and I tweeted about it and literally within two hours, first of all, I got some DMs from people who worked at Sony and I'm not going to say who it was, but basically just telling me it's not just you. Um, Mm -hmm. And then within an hour, boom, there was the update and it was fixed. So I don't want to harp on this stuff too much. It's not stuff that's really hard to fix. And I think they will get it sorted out. Overall, my experience with the PlayStation five this week has been amazing. Like I love it. I don't like how it looks. But I love it. I, I I think it's just more evidence that that this both did, but I think this console in particular came in hot. Yeah, like these things barely got done in time, especially yeah. a PS5. Everything else um, about it, so, I have but, really but it works. Loved. Yeah, yep. again, and like I've I've said for some time now, I'm like I don't I I don't like the way it looks. I think it looks dumb on my. I agree. I, th- I think it's ugly. Um, but I don't yeah. care. I mean, I, what am I going to do? Not buy it? Not play God no, of War no, Ragnarok? Like, no one's going to do that. <laughs> I Come think on. once they put out black plates, I'll feel a lot better about that. I don't mind it, the bl- white, because it kind of blends in with, the, with my wall. My See, everything I have white. is black. So, so once I get the black plates, it'll blend in with everything else. I'll be all good. I do like kind of the understated glow it does. I was worried it was going to glow with like LED shit that would right, like, be right. in my eye line and it would like, I'd have to like turn it aside or something. Uh-huh. No, it's like really nice and subtle and like it's, 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 a, it's a pleasant lighting design. I don't like the physical form of it, but the, the lighting design is pleasant in a way that, because I just associate a lot of PlayStation stuff with shining an LED in my eye going all the way back to the ps2 where like the blue on the the power button would just be like jesus dude like come on like like burn in your it's all it's like a the the power light on the ps2 can find you anywhere in the room like it's um but like that is aesthetically in that regard i think they nailed it on this one and the controller i think they nailed the controller's lightings because as someone who was annoyed by the that little slot on the on the dual dual shock four that would like for the motion tracking that you're sort of like, okay, it's the color thing, right? Like fucking color. Why? Wow, yeah. It would shine like right up under your, like, like they really got it better this time. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, well, actually so. that transitions nicely into the next part of mm. this little discussion on PS five. And that is what I believe is the PlayStation five secret weapon. And that is the dual sense controller mind blown, blown best controller ever created. It's not even close. I, the, first of all, I thought my controller was broken, Matt. I was playing Call of Duty 
and I was trying to squeeze the trigger and it wouldn't squeeze. Oh, because the haptic thing was dude. Put back, yeah. I was like, so I Google it. I'm like broken PS dual sense trick, right? Trigger. Like there's nothing. And I'm like, what? So I pick it back up. I start playing the controller like simulates what it feels yeah, to like the trigger. It's insane. It's like the GameCube trigger, but mm -hmm. you can turn it on or off. I I know like it doesn't feel like the thing you want to do first with the P with your new PS5, but I really suggest playing Astrobot. Yeah, because, we'll get to it. We're gonna have all because it's, about it's that. that game is basically a demo of what the controller can do. Yeah, and it's really effective in sort of because there's nothing in the in the OS like when you start the system up that really walks you through how the controller works. So you kind of got to do trial and error. And because a lot of this is pretty new shit, uh, I think that game really walks you through it because that's how I learned like that that, that tr the trigger could do that because you have to pull it hard to blast off a little rocket thing it has. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to break it if I do that. It's just that's how hard I got to pull. So it's and it varies by game. So like uh, it varies by really gun in Call of Duty. Every yeah. gun, it the trigger is different. It's mind blowing. And uh, but I will say this: I turned it off because yeah. for competitive reasons, I leave it on when I play the campaign. When I play multiplayer, I turn it off, and mm -hmm. I will because it, it's weird. Like it's trippy, man. Like the first time it happened, I thought my controller was broken, and then I realized no, like there's something in there. Pushing yeah. back against me, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine the stuff that they're going to start doing with this as time goes on. Um, and again, there's a lot I, of cool stuff in it. And, like, you know, I mean, I'm used to some of that because I have used force feedback joysticks for like flight simulator things, and it's a similar where it, you know, where it fights you and that kind of thing. Uh -huh. But I also turned a lot of it off just because uh, it's well, a cool trick, but I just like, I don't think that's very immersive. Like, I, it just annoys me. Like, oh, I think it, it does. I think it is. I like it. But I, 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 can, I can games, like, I, in Spider-Man, there's a thing where when he, when he types on a keyboard, it does a little, like, tick, 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 like, like a keyboard tick on you. I'm like, why do my hands feel that? I, I'm like, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me sen sensory-wise, like, why I'm feeling through my hands things that well, are happening Well, I think that's a game-by-game game thing. That's the developer's decision to do that. Yeah. It, it's whether it's implement. The, the bottom line is the functionality is there, and it's freaking awesome. It, it's up to the developers to implement it what, mm. well or not implement it well. It's, yeah, I mean, I give them I mean, credit for the fact that, like, it does exactly what they said it would do. It's mind-blowing, dude. Like, I which, had which no idea. Which is maybe the first time something like this has really come through in that way. Because yeah. we've heard those the haptic feedback promise before, yeah, and it wasn't real. I mean, even on the on the you know the whatever the the HD rumble on the Joy Cons, and like this is the first one thing like that that I really feel has like delivered on what they oh, were it's legit. claiming. Legit, it, I it literally blew me away. But the other reason I turn this off in some games is because the biggest problem with the Dual Sense is its battery life. It does drain the battery. Pretty I fast. mean, it just the. The DualSense battery in general just does not last that long. Like, I might guess right now, and I haven't, like, timed it or anything, my anecdotal guesstimate is about three or four hours of hard play, and I'm starting to get the alert. And that's with all the rumble, the haptic feedback, everything turned on. Now that I've mm -hmm. turned some of that stuff off, it seems to last longer, but bottom line is it's not as good as the DualShock 4. It's not even close. Mm -hmm. I, I, would say, I would say four hours is about what I've been getting out of it. Yeah, um, that's bad. About right. I mean, I, I I have a laptop with a charging cable right next to me, so it doesn't really matter to me. Do you have like, two controllers, or do you just keep it plugged in while you play? Just keep it plugged in while I play. Uh, um, it wasn't great. I do actually have two controllers, but I haven't opened the other one. It was part of a bundle. That's uh, 
like the stupid bundle thing gave me all this stuff, an extra thing, extra controller, a game I didn't want, like that kind of thing. So, uh, but I do have a backup controller if I end up with a PS4 situation where this one breaks after a year. Well, this so is I'm a perfect opportunity for me to bring up that JM Rain, the uh, the person in our chat who always makes it rain and brings the hype train every week, he sent me a DualSense controller. He got an extra one in a bundle and uh, he sent me one. So thank you very much, JM Rain, for everything you do on our live streams and for sending me that controller, man. I really, really appreciate it. Um, but other than battery life, I think the DualSense is freaking amazing. I, it's, it's good. It's definitely, I wouldn't go as far as the best controller ever, but it is definitely the best controller Sony's ever made. With, with, by far. Yeah, by far. By far. Um, like the, making it thicker, I know there was some criticism of how it looked thicker, like a more Xbox design in terms of how fat it was, but that makes it feel way better. Like it, it, yeah. it fits in the hand better than any other PlayStation controller ever made. By, there's not even a question. Yep. I saw someone asking in chat about 3D audio before we move off of the hardware stuff. Um, I do not have like, I don't have height with mm -hmm. my setup and I haven't tried to simulate it yet. Um, I don't have enough speakers, unfortunately, to do that stuff. Yeah, I have I have a 5.1 setup that's built into my ceiling. Um, and it, I mean, I can definitely hear the difference. Like when I'm playing Spider-Man, I can hear pedestrians over here and over the, uh, like it's definitely like noticeable, um, but I don't have like a 7.1 or an Atmos thing that would really take advantage of it. So. Yeah, my receiver is still like, a, it's about six years old. So it's still like, <clears throat> It has all the best codecs from then, so it doesn't yeah, have a like, lot of the latest ones. I am planning maybe next year or the year after to do a complete overhaul of my home entertainment center because because yeah. right now the way the way it came when I bought this house is the this the the, the AV stack is in the garage mm -hmm. and it has to it was it's wired through the whole house and so the HDMI so the way that the thing in my house works is the HDMI from the from the t the 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 consoles goes into the TV and then out of the TV back to the receiver and then back to the speakers. So there is a little bit of lag introduced by that mm -hmm. having yep. to go to the garage and back yeah, for sure. And I would very, and, and also all the, I can't really add things cause they're all in the wall. Right. Yep. So I eventually I want to basically replace all that with a full Dolby Atmos in the living room set up and the stack will be over in the corner and like, it'll be mm -hmm. like, it'll be all self-contained and I can have a much more robust sound system also, yeah, place where I want. Stuff it, in your so. ceiling will stay there. You know, it's always going to oh, yeah. be there. And you it's going to be as part, as part of the house, like sound system and all yeah. that. Be cool. But I'd really like to. You know, it's not. It's built to be like, oh, here's five speakers, and the the rear speakers are just far enough back that they're sort of behind you, but not quite. But <laughs> like, I would want to have this thing. You know, I'm a, I'm a. Yeah, I want that THX fucking the audience is listening thing to really blow you at the back of the kitchen. You know, <laughs> like that's that's what I'm here for. So yeah. I might do that like next year, or the year after, and then then I can tell you more about the PS5s. Uh, and but then I guess I would also need uh, to upgrade the TV. And I said, see, that's how it happens. It, it just you're like, I like better sound. And then all of a sudden you spent six thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, see, you know, my spending like, spree is over, Matt. I had to call it. Well, that TV is going to last you for a decade. The TV, think, so. the two consoles. I had to buy a new entertainment center, um, all the mounting stuff for the TV. I am tapped out and Christmas mm -hmm. is coming. So I'm like, man, <laughs> it's going to be a lean winter, but it'll all be worth it. Like you said, that TV will be my bro for probably the next like maybe till I die. Let's be honest. I can't I don't, I'll probably never buy an 8K TV or at least until it dies. We'll see who outlasts who. Um, the way they build electronics these days, I think the TV might win. <laughs> um, but anyway, I have loved this week with the PlayStation 5. To me, it's been night and day from Xbox Series X. It feels like a legit console launch to me. I have been excited, exhausted, I'm burning the midnight oil trying to get through all these games that we're going to talk about on today's show. 
Um, it's just been awesome. Like I said, the best week of gaming for me of 2020 and probably the best week of gaming for me in a few years. Um, so I've loved it. Matt, what's your kind of final verdict on PS5? Um, I mean, lives up to everything I was expecting it to. Um, uh, the stuff I installed to see how it runs and how the load times and, you know, visuals and frame rate are, are different. Uh, are, I didn't really realize it at the time, but I, I installed, um, in addition to the new PS5 games, I installed No Man's Sky, um, Horizon, and, um, and God of War. And there was a moment where I was like, hey, God of War and Sekiro. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, those are my last four games of the year. Nah. Going back to 2016. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I was like, awesome. oh, I installed my four favorite games of the last four years. And That's they're right. all on PlayStation, and two of them are exclusive. So yeah. says something. Uh, and they're all they all look great. I mean, obviously there's like, you know, Horizon and and um and God of War have the frame rate caps and uh, but Sekiro runs at fucking 60. Sekiro runs better than it does on my PC now. Yeah. And uh, No Man's Sky got the next gen upgrade. Upgrade and it looks great and it runs smooth and it's beautiful. Like it's, it's everything uh, works. Very, it's a very tangible upgrade with the old stuff and the new stuff. Definitely looks even something as pedestrian as Godfall looks at looks like something that couldn't be done on yeah. the last gen. It's subtle and maybe you got to know what particle particle effects are. But like, I don't feel like I'm playing a bumped last gen game even when i am like with miles morales yeah even when that's what it is yeah it's uh it's it's a tangible difference and it's it's very satisfying and i definitely i mean i don't regret the xbox purchase but i do stand by my feeling that there's no reason to buy one right now and i think jared's zero rating on his desire to buy one right now is very reasonable i think it's accurate Um, yeah and but like ps like i am but ps5 is just like i see where my money went a little more than i do with the xbox right now yeah absolutely yeah i i mean if i didn't need it for work I would regret for sure. It. For I would sure. absolutely regret buying it, particularly if I was in a pickle where I had sacrificed for it. I'd be yeah, absolutely. Yep. If you if you're only, I mean, we said it before, but if you're only going to buy one of these, PlayStation Five is the answer, and that's the end of the question. And really. I I feel more strongly about that today yes. than I did seven days ago when I said the same thing, and after I have both consoles, so. One hundred percent. I don't know how what where we get to a place where I can recommend someone buy the series. I just. Where does I don't that happen? Know. Where do My you main, get to that I mean, the main advantage of the Series X right now for me is that I'm not worried about running out of storage space on it because I hooked that SATA SSD up to it, so I have three yeah. terabytes to play with. Yeah. Whereas the PlayStation, PlayStation and you 5, paid for that a lot. I did, <laughs> uh, and the PlayStation Five. Uh, but like when you know, I can also use it on my PC. You know, I, I don't have yeah. to use it for that forever. So right. to me, it's a more universal purchase as opposed yeah. to say buying that stupid. It's the a one huge amount of storage that's really small. That's the bottom line. Um, and it was the same. It was it's a little cheaper. Access. It was a little cheaper than the official Microsoft expansion thing. That's only one terabyte. So, yeah. um, and the Sony. I mean, I'm, I will definitely. Does that work get, okay, Matt? By the way, yeah, I'm sure I mean, some people are wondering. I mean, as long as you only install backwards compatible stuff on it. Um, um, that's all so you can do with it. So I mean, it doesn't you, you, replace. You can't. No, you can install smart delivery and and Xbox Series X specific stuff on it, but you will not get the same speed you can't play from it right you can oh you You can can. okay uh but it's just gonna it it might load slower by a few seconds and it warns you actually because i have the the sata drive as my default installation drive because i figure i'm going to probably be installing more last gen stuff than new gen stuff because there's not a whole lot coming out right now 
uh, in the future, in the near future, except like cyberpunk. And when you go, so when you have it set like that. I can't wait like for that, that, by the way, on these consoles. Oh, yeah. When you have that, oh, um, hey, when I'm you so, go to install, so whenever you go to install something that has smart delivery, like Forza Horizon 4, in this case, was the first thing I installed after I hooked the drive Me up. too. It tells you. <laughs> it's the game I've played the most on my Series X. It tells you um, this will work better if you install to the internal drive. Yeah, and you pick but the it still plays, and, it does, and it does that. It will, but it will still play if you put it on the external. Okay, but the, the basic, but according to Digital Foundry and according to my own playtime, you won't get any extra juice out of uh, an Xbox One game by putting it on the internal as you will put it on the external SATA SSD. So don't okay. you, you basically save the internal stuff for smart delivery stuff? Gotcha. So okay. that, that's how that works, and it works great. It's it's fun. And meanwhile, the X the, the PS5 is like, yeah, we got room for maybe one more thing right now. And then you just gotta sit there and hope that one day Sony allow Sony announces which drives you work with it. Because the, right now the external the external hard drive, like regular external hard drive, where you can like play old game, you can play old PS4 games off that. But that is also suspected to be playing a role in that brick during sleep oh. problem. So no one wants to hook. I up would just stay away from drive. attaching anything to it. Yeah, right like now. let them. It <laughs> just sounds let like let it run on its own. Let yeah, it, it sounds like thing. let them update it a few times, and then we'll see where we are. Like in December, you know. Um, Eve Demon is saying that uh, they put out new cyberpunk footage. I did see that that yeah. was published. We had it on Sifted, but I did not watch it. He said it, it looks like it runs poorly on Series X. Is that no, right? that's not true. Okay. It runs at like 30 frames a second. I mean, Ooh, which is that's which still is, not great. I mean, if you did, if you expected Cyberpunk to run at anything else on a non PC, you were out of your mind. Yeah. Um, and it's not encouraging though. I mean, what's going to happen on like this PS4? is because this, this, this is well, yeah. I mean, is I don't it going to run onto the base PS4? PS4 like and X, I mean, they did not show PS4 vanilla and Xbox One vanilla Xbox Xbox One S uh, footage. They only showed Xbox One X and Series X. And they look roughly the same, except there's a resolution difference. Uh, there is slightly less pop-in on the Series X, but there is pop-in. Like, the pop-in's there, and it's a little less populated than the PC version. Um, it looks fine, uh, but this thing was always... And also, let's not forget, it's CD Projekt Red. CD Projekt Red's games come in kind of busted, and like a year later, they look great, and there will be a full next-gen upgrade next year at some point, so I'm sure we'll address some of this. But right now, you're going to be playing the Xbox One X version with a slight bump on the Xbox Series X. So every, you know, if you, if you aren't planning to play this on PC, you are going to get a subpar experience one way or the other. Eve Demon just clarified. He actually said Xbox One X, but it just shows you how confusing this nomenclature is. Yeah, it's, it's dumb. so easy to get it all screwed up. But I anyway. don't know why they're upset. They need to come up with some new letters. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's start talking about some of these awesome games that we've been playing this week, and there have been so many. Um, the theme of this episode is going to be me assuming that Matt's going to play stuff that I'm not going to play, and maybe Matt assuming that I might play some stuff more than he did. So it's going to be rare that both of us have played the same amount of each game, but I think we'll both have our own perspective on each one at the very least. And the first one we're going to talk about is the remake of Demon's Souls for PlayStation 5, the tr one of the only true PlayStation 5 exclusives available at launch. You cannot play this game on PS4. And after five minutes of playing it, you will figure out why very quickly it is one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. Yep. Now, have, it may uh, be have, the most beautiful game I've ever seen. Yeah, they have done I try to stay away from hyperbole like that, but wow. Like, just some flashes that you get, like, every once in a while when, like, a, like a flame will just flicker the right way and it'll mm -hmm. light up an enemy's face. It's horrifying. 
Yeah. Like- it is the self-shattering is how all that's like just when you walk through doorways and the light that comes from your character correctly lights the rim and the door jam and the door yeah. jam gets shadows on its sides because the light doesn't reach that part of the geometry anymore. Like it's it the it's just like all this tessellation work that like I've never seen anything like it outside of like one of those demos that they lied to you about with the Unreal Engine years ago. <laughs> and it's like, it's just incredible. And it's all happening in real time. And even when you turn it to performance mode, it doesn't really look that different. Like there's no. some some lighting bells and whistles that turn off, but otherwise it looks pretty much the same. Like I haven't minded playing 60. I don't feel like I'm missing anything by playing in performance mode over cinematic. Um, I play cinematic. I just wanted to look as good as possible because I'm not really, I know I'm probably never going to finish this game. So I am just trying to enjoy it as much as I can, as long as I like. It's just not that different. <laughs> like I'm, I'm very impressed by it. Like, like it's, it's using obviously some, some lighting techniques that are going to kill the frame rate, but also like it is a rock solid locked 30 in, in the cinematic mode. There is no stutter Deviation. anywhere. Yeah. Like it's, they, I mean, you, there's, you know, there's a rumors flying around now that like, that Sony's going to buy Bluepoint, and after we've been seeing saying this that thing, for like we've been saying it for a while. But after you, <laughs> if I'm Sony and I see them turn this in, I'm like, we need to not let these people work for anyone else. I mean, ever they should have like, done that when ridiculous. they saw, like, like a year ago when they saw the project being mm-hmm. in development. Like, put it this way: there was someone who put up on Twitter a uh, a comparison between the original Justice League Steppenwolf and the new one from the. St- stupid Snyder cut thing they put out with all the spikes and shit. And I thought they were comparing PS3 and PS5 Demon's <laughs> Souls versions of something in an in armor or whatever. And then I realized it wasn't because the new footage from the Snyder cut doesn't look as good as this game. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, like, it's ridiculous. It really is. Like, it, the character models, just for the enemies, all of them are just... So- that blew my mind, too. Like, oh, we're looking at here. Character models... <laughs> You know, create the character ver- mode on a Souls game that doesn't look like shit. Oh, like, I know. That's I know, just yeah. wow. Like, but even that, I'm talking about the enemy models too. Like yeah, they're just so it. detailed. There's a like, couple enemies in here that, like, when I saw them playing the game, I'm like, oh, that's what that's supposed to look like. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I mean, I did that a lot with this. I mean, yeah, it is the definitely the biggest remaster ever as far as how much it improved upon the original. It is like, yeah. PS3, I mean, the Demon's, Demon Souls was pushing the PS3 already. Yeah, like yeah, was, yeah. They were well, compromising left and right. A lot of that is because From's right engine was a piece of trash. But. Part of it, but also because, like, and I've seen some people complain. It's like, oh, the new one is too green. There's too much, too much foliage everywhere. Like, well, yeah, because you couldn't put you bushes couldn't. <laughs> in the PS3 version because they were out of space. Like, this really feels like... The, the original Demon Souls felt like it was held together with, like, Elmer's oh, for, blue and yes. paper mache. Like, Definitely. it was just always on the fringe of just collapsing. This game is freaking rock solid. This, this feels like they just like brought the concept art to life. Like, the art, really is, I mean, that's the other thing. Like you do see the core of the game is so strong because mm-hmm. it's still the same exact game. I mean, what's really shocked me the most is how little the rest of the game has changed. Like yeah, they, they tweaked very little things and any, but even enemy just placement, the, everything is like identical. Even just the way like the animation works, they've, they've added up some motion captured animation to the very, to the characters and stuff. But even as someone who's played a ton of souls and ton of demon souls back like, just killing things feels better in this one. Like it's, just, I don't know what they. Well, it looks did, a lot better. That's for but sure. It just, it's just, maybe it's the, maybe it's probably the dual sense and and whatever vibration thing they're doing with that. Yeah. But just even early on in this part where you're just killing those first few zombies, I'm like that feels 
like visceral. It feels real somehow. Like I don't yeah. know how to describe it, but it it feels really good to play in a way that the Souls games usually don't <laughs> at first. Yeah, you kind of got to get again. It was like, but there's a there's a there's just an organic kind of like quality to this that the other Souls games didn't have. And there's part of me that's just like. Oh, I hope From's taking notes. Of yeah, some of this, or maybe you know, maybe Blue Point should handle some stuff for From going forward. If they're if they look, they're going to get purchased by someone. Yeah, it's so if Sony doesn't buy these guys, they're Microsoft's going to buy them, or Take Two's going to buy them, or someone. Like I don't know why people yeah. are sleeping. Phil Spencer's hiding in the ductwork over there. Or I something, mean, literally, for, like, they've cranked out like three amazing games in a row. Yeah, between like, this and Shadow of the Colossus, I think what Sony's got to do. They've proven themselves. So yeah, this game is amazing visually now getting back to the game itself everybody knows i'm not a huge souls fan um and i did play demon souls a good bit back in the day i didn't make it all that far um but enough that like i played this first level and realized everything was exactly the mm -hmm. same because i had played that first level so many times before um so it, it is a pretty much a one-to-one -one replication for people who have never played the game at all. They won't care. Um, look at the look at on the bricks. Look at the look at the way the shadow is coming on the side of the brick there. Like just because that's not where the light source goes. It's it's amazing. And we're also watching this, Matt and I, through, through a tiny zoom window, through a tiny like, zoom window that's a feed coming through like a USB stick that's plugged into the PC back in the studio. Yeah, and it's still just like, oh, that looks so good. It still it's looks amazing. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um. But in the, maybe some people are like me and you're not a big Souls fan and you're wondering, is Demon Souls maybe the better choice? I would say this. I would say, well, yes, I would say it is. It, it, you can make more progress more easily in Demon Souls and actually feel like you're doing something. People always tell me about the Souls games, like, well, you fail and then you learn and then you do it again. My problem with most of the Souls games is that the failure is just too constant. With Demon Souls, like the levels are all self-contained, like you start each level from a hub, and then you just have to like complete the level. So it gives you a very clear goal. The other thing about it is that you it isn't an open world, so you can't just accidentally stumble into something that you can't kill. Everything you face in Demon Souls, you know you can kill, or it wouldn't be there because you have to yeah, be able well, to complete the level. Well, you can some of the things you can't kill. But they're going to be very obvious because they're going to be the size of Godzilla. Right. Like, it's like probably yeah. not time to try this at level four. You know. Like, yeah, and speaking of which, I played the first level twice, mm. and I never even managed to hit the boss. Like as soon as the boss fight starts, he just rushes me, and I get trapped in the corner and I die. But then I like went on YouTube and I saw other people who actually fought him and kill him, like right there. Oh, what, the the big, the big fat demon guy. Yeah, yeah, he's like that supposed, first boss. Yeah, he's supposed to kill you, but you can win. Oh, okay. I saw someone beat him on yeah. YouTube, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" Like, I just the second time, I just let him kill me. I didn't even try to fight. No, you're, in, the, in the game design, you are supposed to be killed and go to the right nexus. and go to that. Nexus. But you can, yeah. but like in classic From style, if you are good enough. Just like in Sekiro, that first fight with the the big samurai guy, like you're supposed to lose that fight, but you can actually beat him, and then you get the cutscene where he just like, nah, fuck it, I'm gonna kill you anyway. Right. Um, so like that can happen. So it, from, from always lets you do that. So like it doesn't really get you anything, but it's a cool thing to say like I'm that good at this game. I can't do it. Yeah. But so you know, I'm not great at these games. I made it. I could play at least like 30 minutes into this level before it even started to get like dicey for me. Now I will say this. One thing this game does do that the Souls games continue to do is it will throw a new enemy type at you out of nowhere that you haven't dealt with before, and it'll like kill you instantly. So what, what happened in both of my runs was 
I made it a long ways, and then I would encounter an enemy that like I hadn't encountered before, and they hit me a couple times, and I died. And the second time I played through it, I made it past those enemies because I knew how to deal with them. And I was walking up to this drawbridge, and this dude just runs at me with a pole and just stabs me through the heart <laughs> and kills me. And I was like, that's, I mean, that's souls. That's souls. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm not doing it again. Like, that was a breaking point for me. And that was a point where I said to myself, Matt's playing more of this, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I have not actually played a ton of this because um, I do need to be in a certain frame of mind for yeah, the Souls games. I can see So that. I played the prologue and I played the first the first zone, you know, up to the you know, killing the, the blob phalanx guy mm -hmm. um, just to see what, because those, you know, like you said, I'm very familiar with those first two levels just from the, having played them many, 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 many times back in the day. Yeah. Um, so uh, I just wanted to kind of see what it looked like and I, I did and it was great and no problem. So uh, it's... When do you I will, think you're going to really play it? Or will you? Probably later. Like, I'll get to it. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm done with Miles Morales now, so, like, I feel like that's kind of next on my list. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, we'll talk about some other stuff I've played that I feel like I've kind of gotten what I need to get out of them for now. Um, like I said, like, I, Souls is a, is a thing I the mood has to strike me on. It's not something I can just play every day all the time. I know there's people that all, this is all they play and more power to you, but I got to be. I would go insane. <laughs> I got to be, uh, I got to be wined and dined a little bit by, by the Souls game before I'm into it. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But I, you know, I, part no of it's on the first date. A eh? little bit. Part, part of the draw, though, is like uh, just it looks so good. Like it to does. See, like wanting That's to see I how. I can't believe you're not playing it, Matt. Like I figured you'd get to that first boss and see it and be like, "Oh, hook, line, and sinker." I think. No, nah, I'm not. I am not a graphics whore. All right. Like, gra I mean, it's cool. I, I love mean, what they're doing me, here. For me, this game, like, it made me want to play it. I'll put it to you that. I, mean, way. I, I love what they're doing with it, but like, it's not. It, you know, it's the, the gameplay is the gameplay, and uh, call me crazy, but I've had a stressful enough November already. So yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think everyone's stressed out. Um, but I did enjoy my time with this. But I should have added at the end of what I was talking about before is when I died. I had to start all over again. You go all the way yep. back. You're back outside the building. You have to walk up to the building. You have to go through the whole thing again. And that yeah, that's the thing we forget about Demon Souls is there were no bonfires. Yeah, like Dark Souls nothing. is a little, actually a little more forgiving about where you, where you start when you die. Yep. And so when you die, that's it. You go all the way back. So my second run, I was probably close to like 40 minutes and I died and that was it. Yeah. I mean, Demon <laughs> Souls is great. Like I, you know, I, I certainly have an appreciation for it that I didn't have when it came out because I went back. But it's back easier too. It. They give you tons of health and a little bit. Yeah. But I also find down easier. I also find, you know, it is in some ways a prototype for what they perfected in Dark Souls, and that remains true here. Um, it is different. Like, there's, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad that it's not trapped on the PS3 anymore. Um, you know, even if it didn't look like this, I would be glad if they just had kind of done like a remaster and saved it from sort of the PS3 prison. I mean, but, uh, in all honesty, the PS3 version is, is like a piece of junk. So yeah. this needed to be done to this game. Yeah, it needed it needed work. Even if you could still play the PS3 version, you needed to do something. And yeah. it's nice that they gave it. You know, it's sort of with the Shadow of Colossus is like it wasn't a giant hit. It was a critical darling, but it was nice that Sony gave it the attention it needed. Now let's see the Bloodborne 60 frames a second patch. Um, but uh, it's, it's good. I mean, if you want to do this to all the From Software games, I'm not going to argue with you. It's very weird getting games that you know you're never going to finish. Like, I know I'm never going to finish this game. It's just never going to happen. I've only finished <laughs> Demon's Souls once. I don't know if I will ever finish this one. Um, I'll, I'll give, my, give it a shot. I don't yeah. know.
40 depends minutes what I, have to depends start what I have to play or what I run. It's just so much easier to load up like Valhalla and just mindlessly run around for an hour. And just hack know? stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> it's way more cathartic. It's like you're right, though. With everything that's going on right now, it's hard to play games that are oppressive like this one. How is. good does this guy look? Look at look at that. I know. Especially like me, I obviously can't like there's if you compare it to what it looks like in the it's, it's just not even I know. It's not even funny, really. It's just it's so they did amazing. So much work. Yep. And there I died. You died. <laughs> yep. So anyway, that's I don't deep. know about that font choice. That's a that's a strange font shift to the I you guess. died font here. But it still looks nitpicky. like Gaelic or something. It makes sense, I think. Yeah, it looks very different from from the one they used in the original. But so do you think you'll play more of this over the coming week? How about the coming week? I'll get to it before the end of the year. Um, yeah. I just want to try to see what it looked like and be able to sort of compare it and talk about it. Um, it was not a huge. It was it was a priority for me to get, but it was not a huge priority for me to like burn all the way through it. Um, but so from what I've seen in the probably the two hours, three hours I played of it, um, I, th- I think they nailed it. It's a um, it's a great thing to show off your PlayStation Five with. Yep the world <laughs> the world is mended at last. Yeah. Anybody will be able to get to that boss that you just saw. <laughs> yeah, and little things like like where you're where they where they're standing here, like when you walk across that in this version, it distorts when you step yeah. on it, and it's uh-huh. just like it didn't do that in the old. It's just so good. Yeah, they did a really really good job. And look, it may have. Just secured them untold riches. Yeah, <laughs> and I'd love to know what they wanted. I could do. You, like, do you have them make new games? Do you have them just do endless remasters of Sony's first-party stuff from back in the like? You know, either, the, 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 possi- the possibilities are endless with this team. I think. So. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. That's Demon Souls for PlayStation Five. Also, uh, one well, actually one more thing because of the the load time stuff. Because obviously you don't have to wait through the load for the for the different places and for the you know the the, the fog walls and stuff. Going back to the Nexus on the PS3 version used to be a pain because the Nexus was sort of the place you had to go and upgrade stuff. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like you had to go back and do by kind of basic bodily. You're actually seeing it in the B roll right yeah, now. This is where it's it's the, the hub. The, and you can. The hub world. Yeah, you can upgrade your weapons and. Yeah, it's where you got to go to kind of upgrade the character and sort of do sort of the basic maintenance between missions. And it was always a pain to go back to because it took forever to load back in. But now it takes like two, three seconds. Yeah. And going back to the Nexus is like a pleasure. Like it's, it's, it actually, you know, load time is not something that bothers me a lot. But like in this game, I did already notice that it makes the game more accessible and more of a pleasure and more unified to not have to wait through all these, ty- these load screens anymore. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be universal for me, but the lack of load time on this game in particular is a big, big improvement. It's been that way for me with every game, Matt. Every game. Just these, again, you know, these moments where even if you've been gaming for a long time, you have this almost like muscle memory built into you that mm-hmm. when you see certain things on the screen, that's your cue that, okay, it's going to be a minute. Yeah. And then you, I mean, I have that's it does, so in- that doesn't exist anymore. That's so ingrained in me that when I think about fast traveling and Miles Morales, sometimes I won't do it because I'm like, oh, I don't want to sit through the load screen. And then I have to remind myself that there, there isn't, isn't a load screen. It's just zap and you're freaking there. It's The SSD has definitely been a bigger revelation for both of these consoles than I thought. And I thought it was going to be a big deal, but it's been better than I thought, which is great, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to be pleasantly surprised every once in a while. Uh, all right, so we'll come back to Demon Souls on PS5. Chances of me playing a lot more of it, not very good, but I think Matt maybe will come back to it, and then we'll discuss it again. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about another huge hack in the gaming industry. A few months ago, Nintendo was hacked. Um, all kinds of stuff came out of that, a lot of retro stuff, honestly. 
a lot of stuff that Nintendo had worked on in the past. Not a lot of new stuff or things like business deals that they were working on. Well, this week, Capcom got hacked, and it was the exact opposite. Uh, the There was so much stuff leaked, and it wasn't stuff like, oh, they were working on like a Street Fighter for like the GBA and stuff like that. It was like things that they're working on now, projects that haven't come out yet, deals that they cracked with like platform holders and other publishers in the recent future. It was insane. Um, the hackers tried to get a ransom out of Capcom. Um, they didn't say how much that the uh, hackers had asked for. Capcom refused, and they released it on the dark web, and now all the information is out there. Matt, first of all, do you think Capcom should have paid the ransom? No. Uh, it's probably better not to encourage that. It's the um, whole you don't negotiate with terrorists thing, I guess. Kind of, yeah. And also, I mean... Does it suck that all that got leaked? Yeah, but the vast majority of people ever know it happened. No, you know, yep. like I don't think it's going to hurt them in in any appreciable way. Um, well, I, I guess it depends on your perspective and what your relationship is with Capcom. Um, the first thing, the most immediate thing, and we can't show you B-roll of this because Capcom will give us a copyright strike. But we found out the release date for Resident Evil Village, the next Resident Evil. Um, is coming in April 2021. They found the release date for it. Uh, I think we had maybe predicted that. Yeah, anyway. that was pretty much what we thought. Yeah, like March, I think we April. said March, April. We didn't mm -hmm. know which quarter they were going to try to slide it into. It just seemed to fit their usual kind of time window of when they announce something and how they show things and when they come out. Like, okay. I saw a lot of people saying like it sounded like it seems like that was way too early because they thought the game looked terrible when they've shown it, but it wasn't done yet. I'm just like, not that. First off, I think that's just what that game's going to look like, and second, like. It that tracks like that feels like the time to do that to me, um, given how, how long it's been since it was announced. So it seems about right. Yep. Um, so that's April 2021. And then Monster Hunter Rise, which is the Switch quote unquote exclusive that was just mm. announced like two weeks ago. As it turns out, it's not a Switch exclusive. It's coming out for Switch in March of next year, which is a pleasant surprise. I really thought that might come a little later. But then there's a PC version coming before the end of 2021. So it's a timed exclusive on Switch before it moves to PC towards the end of the year. And my guess is after PC, then it probably will come to everything else as well. Uh, once you got to run it on PC, why not? Why not make the money? I mean, uh, it's going to clean up on Switch anyway. So You think you Nintendo, know. and so we're going to get to in a minute here what some platform holders and publishers have been paying Capcom for stuff. My question, Matt, is do you think Nintendo paid for that? for Monster Hunter Rise, that essentially six to eight months of exclusivity? Maybe. I don't know. Like, I feel like Nintendo doesn't really do that much. I feel like yeah. Nintendo just thinks it's your privilege to be on their platform. And things things sell so well, especially stuff like Monster Hunter stuff sells so well on the on the Switch. I would think, like, why why would you have to pay them to do that? It seems like you just get free sales for however long, and, like, you, you calculate, like, you know, you know, revenue-wise, like you'll, we'll we'll run our course in the eShop by then, so we'll put it on PC, which is sort of the next big platform for Monster Hunter in in Asia, and that'll be that. I just wonder though, with the success of Monster Hunter World on a non, because you got to remember, Matt, Monster Hunter for the most part up until that was basically a Nintendo franchise, mm -hmm. and with World, it became the fastest-selling, best-selling Monster Hunter ever. It was you know available on PlayStation and Xbox for for really like the first time, like a legit 
big budget Monster Hunter. Well, the old PlayStation, the old PlayStations had Monster Hunter a lot. I mean, the, the, yeah, it but, became associated with Nintendo because the Wii version exploded the way it did. Yeah, but those um, Monster Hunter games back in that gen, like they were literally barfing out like two a year. Um, mm. They Monster Hunter World was the first time Capcom really put like big budget resources behind one of the games, and it released it for. PlayStation and Xbox and not a Nintendo mm. platform. So I don't think there's any issue with having kind of two Monster Hunter lines running concurrently. I don't either. Yeah, so I, think I think I think that's what they're doing. I, I I actually don't really think Rise will come to PS5 and and you don't. Xbox. No, I think that'll go to I think it'll go to I I'm my guess is that it's going to be more of a kind of a microtransaction online thing uh in the, in the ways like you know, we think of like kind of a mobile game sort of thing. And I think it will go to PC because that's a logical place to put it in Asia. But I don't really, I would be a little bit surprised if it came to consoles other than the Switch. Interesting. Um, I, I, think, I think if you're going to put something else on on the other consoles, I think you'd put like some kind of expansion or n new version of World. World 2, them. maybe. Sequel to Monster Hunter World. Um, so anyway. It's about, getting to be about time for that, too. So that was the Monster, Monster Hunter stuff. And here comes the Resident Evil stuff. And this is even more interesting. Uh, first of all, Capcom is working on a Resident Evil Battle Royale. Uh, sure, why not? <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Um, they obviously, you're seeing it right now, they experimented with Resident Evil multiplayer-focused games already. They've done it a couple different times. Mostly it's with cooperative stuff and things like that. Um, not a Battle Royale. Matt, how do you think that would do? That sounds like an interesting prospect to me. I mean, maybe, but it's like at the same time, like, it, I don't know. Like, I feel like the we Battle Royale... One. Yeah, the Battle Royale thing seems a little played out. Like, I feel like that... I feel like the dust has settled on who's going to win that fight. Um, I mean, it doesn't hurt to give it a shot, but I have a hard time seeing this penetrate much. Unless yeah. they have a really interesting concept with how the zombie and monsters work in conjunction with the players running around. I mean, that to me is what it is. I mean, I think that that is their angle that they could work to make it something that actually would be worth worthwhile and build a lot of interest. I think yeah, they just have tried the multiplayer Resident Evil thing many times and it just never works. So I well, don't the know. The problem if they... is they don't have the studios to build games like this. Yeah. Let's be honest. They don't have the studios to make a game like this. They're good at single player story driven stuff. They maybe they need to acquire or they need to find a partner to make something like this but that's the problem like the concepts have been okay like i like the asymmetrical multiplayer stuff that they've put out um that i thought that stuff was cool but maybe didn't use the resident evil license as well as it could have but if you look right now you're right it's hard to cut through the battle royale noise but to me, if there's one IP that could do it just based on name alone, I think it's Resident Evil. I think when people hear that and they think Battle Royale, they're like, that's probably going to be something different that I haven't seen before. So I, I think, think most people are, I think people are into Battle Royale and kind of multiplayer competitive stuff, see Resident Evil attached to that kind of game and think, crap. Like, I, I, I think it has a lot to prove. I don't think it has, it's an automatic win on that at all. I think with the core, I think you're talking about the core for sure. The people who watch Game yeah. Face, listen to Game Face, absolutely. Casual folks, I think they see that. They're like, oh, it's like Warzone with Resident Evil. I think they'd be interested, at least to learn about it. Mm, so I think it'll be, I think it'll come and go and we won't even notice. Huh. It just, we'll I, I, it's going to be, it's too little too late. I there's think never the been a Resident Evil game that came and went without anyone noticing. Oh, there's tons of them. Like, you know anybody who remembers Gun Survivor? Or, or some of those outbreak yeah. games. Like, the, they, a lot of their spinoff stuff just does nothing. Like, they, just, they sell. They still end up selling, like, a million, even of those, like, crappy Revelations games. They sell, like, a couple million of those. Anyway. Yeah. 
Um, and here's where it gets really interesting. We start learning some financial stuff from Capcom. And this gives us a frame of reference for so many other discussions that we're going to have on Game Face going forward. I feel like I'm going to pull up these numbers for a long time to come. So, RE7 and RE8 to on Stadia. Google paid Capcom $10 million to basically just say, yeah, you can have our PC versions of those two games and run them on Stadia. $10 million. And then you figure they still get the split from whatever mm. amount of sales there is. That's a very, very nice deal. That's to a lot me, of free money. To me, Stadia completely overpaid there. Now, here's a place where I feel like maybe Capcom could have got more money. Resident Evil 7 for PlayStation VR. They gave, PlayStation gave Capcom $5 million. That's it. That's all they had to give Capcom to make Resident Evil 7, first of all, a VR game. And second of all, exclusive to PlayStation VR. For And then they also got, if you remember, they got exclusive like DLC stuff on PlayStation mm. as well for $5 million. That is worth every penny. Every penny. So you have two deals there. One looks like Capcom made out big time for doing nothing. They made $10 million just because they have that code. And then you have like where they got fleeced by a PlayStation. And who knows, there may have been a handshake under the table about something else that's going on. Who knows? But on its face, that's insane. They could have got way more money from PlayStation for that. They undersold the the PlayStation or the Resident Evil brand in that case. And then finally, uh, the final, there's a ton of stuff that leaked, but the final interesting thing that kind of leaked out is that there, that right now, Resident Evil 4 VR is in development for Oculus. Hmm. Interesting, right? I was like, yeah, of all I mean, the games, that one actually does kind of make sense, though, for VR. Do you, do, you, do you shift that to first person? I don't, well, maybe. But the, that game already is a turret shooter. I mean, that's what it is. You can't even really move and shoot. And that's what mm -hmm. all shooters in VR are. They're turret shooters. You have to basically stand still while you're shooting. I think it makes sense. Or, I mean, you, it makes sense. It makes sense. The view, you're right, though. I think it makes sense in the sense that it's, the most popular one, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of the Resident Evil four is like the one, if you were going to play one in VR, it's probably the one you'd pick. Um, I mean, obviously I'll never play it, I guess, cause I'm never going to have an Oculus, but uh, you know, who knows? There might be a way to hack it or might be a way to do something else. Although again, I don't know. I mean, Resident Evil four has basically been on everything. Like they, they've adapted yeah. that to almost There's anything. Very few platforms left. The Wii, you know, got, got the, the Wii aiming version for that and stuff like that. So Resident Evil four, it does seem to be something of a, Whatever you got, we'll put it on it for you. We'll put on that for you. So you know, if they're going to pay for it, why not? Um, doesn't cost them anything beyond what they've already spent. Yep. Like, I don't think it's going to move the VR needle for Oculus or anything. But like, it's interesting that so many companies, especially like Google, are willing to spend that kind of money just for the cachet of the Resident Evil name. Yeah, it has a lot of cachet. <laughs> I mean, for them, it's just having a a teaser trailer that just flashes up the that's 10 million dollars <laughs> just a recognizable name in the yeah they're like the oh they have resident evil which one was it it doesn't matter they have resident evil <laughs> mm -hmm. but um so anyway to me this was very interesting because i feel like we've even when i talked to pactor about this stuff like he really doesn't know how much 
money is going back and forth between the publishers and the developers and the platform holders and the publishers. Like that is a very closely guarded secret that just does not get out there. Even in the Nintendo leaks, none of that stuff was in there, but in this it was. So it has kind of reframed my perspective on a lot of stuff as far as how I, how I've looked at deals in the past where I was like, that's a bad deal or that's a good deal. Um, now I'm not so sure. Um, so I'm glad that information got out there. I'm sorry it was at the detriment of Capcom. Um, I'm sure a lot of publishers are like, man, I hope that they don't keep digging into that data because there's probably a lot more there that hasn't even been uncovered yet. But you know, I, wonder, I wonder if that's like a if the price they're they're getting there is like industry standard or if it's like lowball or high. Like I wonder if like you know it could be like when like someone's salary gets leaked in a company and everybody finds out what Jim's making and they're like, wait a minute, I said yeah. Um, I wonder if other companies are like, hey, like, yeah, we only got $2 million for putting our thing on PlayStation. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it could even be a case where Japanese publishers are getting better deals than Western publishers. Who knows? Mm, that's um, a good point. Yeah. But you start digging into that stuff, it could start to get a little dirty. So we'll see what comes up. As yeah, right I would definitely now, be interested in some of the phone calls that were made in the, yeah. in the immediate aftermath. Yeah, as of right now, uh, those are the big bullet points from the leak. I'm sure more is going to come uh, in the coming weeks. And as always, stay tuned to sifted.net. We'll have all that stuff as it comes out. Uh, I'm sure the modern vintage gamer will be covering all that stuff. We'll be curating all his content as well. Um, but it is a bummer for Capcom. You never want your, you never want people to see how the sausage is made. You just don't. Um, no matter what you're doing and no matter what you're making, if you're a creative, you want people to just evaluate the end product for its own merits. Um, okay. And when the curtain gets pulled back like this, sometimes it can change people's perspectives a little bit. It definitely changed mine knowing like how much Capcom made or didn't make on these deals. I'm going to look at future topics on game face a little differently going forward. Um, up next, we talked about it already, like several times Astrobot rescue mission, uh, the PlayStation five pack in, uh, that actually ended up not being a pack-in. It was not pre-installed when I got my PS5. I, I when you oh, yeah. no it was no when you start doing the whole like initial boot up thing, it download downloads it in the background. Must be a real small game then. It is. It's only like a couple gigs or whatever. And in the amount of time it takes to like set up and transfer everything, if as long as you have a decent connection, it's done by the time you do that. Um, and it so, is Astro's Playroom, by the oh, way. Oh, it's Astro's Playroom. Why do I yeah. keep calling it the old game? Because Rescue, Astro about Rescue Mission is the PSVR one. Oh, right. That is the most recent one, not this one. Yeah. Astro's Playroom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Again, my I have been playing like eight games this week. They've all been jambled up. And I've been seeing like screens probably for the other Astro games on my PlayStation 5. Um, so yeah, they're definitely, they're leaning hard into this character. And I appreciate, I, I approve. Like yes. this, this should definitely be one of their go-tos from now on. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about the DualSense and how impre- at least how impressed I have been with the DualSense. And Matt mentioned earlier when we were talking about the controller, how this is kind of what really shows it off. And he's absolutely right. Um, my big thing with this game is that it doesn't do much more than that. Um, as someone who likes 3D platformers and considers himself a connoisseur of the genre, um, it's not a great 3D platformer, but it will blow your mind for sure. At least for like the first hour or so you play it. Like I found the first hour was like exhilarating, just feeling all the different stuff the controller could do. And like when you start pulling stuff up, feeling the resistance and the triggers and the haptic stuff. 
But then I, I the played two. I played two of the four worlds, and I kind of felt like that was enough. That was it. I was done. That's exactly what I did too. When I got to like the eighth climbing section, that's <laughs> <laughs> um, because again, it does show off all the functionality of the dual sense, and like there's all these goofy like ape escape kind of ish climbing sections. It is a throwback. It is Tokyo Studio that makes this, and they mm -hmm. made Ape Escape. So there's these climbing sections where you play as like a, you get into like a monkey robot suit and you have to climb up walls. And it's the most annoying thing. You have to use like the motion controls on the dual sense to like grab each handhold. It just became annoying after a while. And the platforming stuff in it is pretty rudimentary. I kept playing it for the boss fights basically after I got through the first hour. But that first hour, wow, it is, it really does show off. Um, what the dual sense can do, every little feature of it. Um, Matt, what do you? What is your favorite thing that the dual sense does? Um, my favorite thing that the dual sense does is it has decent analog sticks on it. Um, it's another step up in terms of the physical design of the analog sticks. Um, I think in terms of like kind of like haptic gimmick things, I think the the best thing it. I saw it do in because I played this level, the the GPU jungle thing, and I played the SSD speedway. Um, and in SSD speedway, you get in these little rocket pods, and when you get in the rocket pod, you have to like zip them up to like to like get in the rocket pod and take off. And the zipper effect is yeah <laughs> really disturbingly convincing. Like you swipe up on the touchpad, and it does this zipper thing on your thumb, and it's like. That's weird. That's and like, creepy. That that's happens the thing. with the road, the monkey suit too. Yeah, that's the thing with the back of it, yeah. and you feel the vibration going. Feel the zipper. Up. Yeah, it's bizarre, <laughs> and it it's reminds like witchcraft. It, Some of the it, stuff it's it like does. A, it reminds me like a, of like a tactile version of. You remember when like Dolby came out with that thing where they could simulate uh, surround sound in the headphones, yeah. and you're like, what? What witchcraft is this? Like sorcery? Is or it, the it reminds me of that. Like when the, the 3DS and you can see 3D without glasses. Like yeah, the first time I saw that, I was like, how the hell are they doing that? Like, yeah, but, th but this is more, I mean, that's like kind of a, like a, a polarized screen. This is more like, um, they're doing something that tricks your brain into yeah. thinking this. This is that it's happening. Yeah. And like, it's, it's a little disturbing. It's, <laughs> it's like it's like that thing on I can't remember what the words are, but it's like the thing where you you hear a computer voice say say something, and depending on which word of text you're looking at, it says one or the other, and like yeah, and yeah. It, so your brain kind of makes it sound the way it wants it to sound. It it feels it feels like they were consulting psychologists at some point, or it's like that says, pink dress thing that that meme that the, made it around. Oh, where the, some the, people blue, the blue dress and the gold the white gold dress, yeah, yeah, where some people saw it's a it one quirk way of and biology. Other people, yeah, it's just some weird glitch in people that makes some people see things one way or the other. But you're right, it's like manipulating physiology to some mm -hmm. extent. Uh, and it's very clever and smart. But unfortunately, the game loses steam pretty quickly. It is free, so it's, you know, like, whatever. Um, but yeah, I play it's it like kind of free demo, here's how your console wor new console works games go. It's pretty good. One of the better ones. I've, you know, beats that snail maze game on the Sega Master System. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, anybody who's like getting a PS5 and they're like, well, you know, I have AstroBot, that'll hold me. It's, it yeah, it's not that. <laughs> you it, it definitely, you definitely, need, to, you definitely need to get at least Miles Morales or Demon Souls along with it, I would say. Yeah, you need to get a game with your PS5. This is not going to get it done. Um, although you do also get another game that we're going to talk about in a little bit, free with PlayStation Plus only until the end of November. Um, there was going to be a lot of salty people who weren't able to score a PS5 
uh, the first month who are not going to get that freebie. Um, and that's bug snacks that we're talking about. And that's later on in the show. But, but um, yeah, there's no Rezo gun, Matt. No. Like, there's, there's no I, hardcore arcade game. There's just no game like that that you're getting free at launch that you're going to play like five years later is what I'm getting at. I mean, I didn't play Resogun five years later. Either. I would. I would I like I would just boot it up every once in a while and just play a couple rounds. It's fun. It's just one of those evergreen games that like it doesn't matter how many times you play it, you still can glean some some fun out of it. So um and Astrobot is not that. It is a one trick pony. And even and unfortunately, I think the reason it loses some of its allure pretty quickly is because it does show off everything that Dual Sense can do. And it does that in like the first mission. Um, and after that, it's just you're seeing the same functionality over and over, and then you're relying on the game itself to keep you going, and it's just not quite there. But it's free, um, so it's hard to complain about. But again, if you're planning on buying a PlayStation 5 without a game because of this one, it's a bad move. No, yeah, it's definitely, not. Definitely plan on getting yourself a game. Anything else you want to add about it, Matt, before we move on? No, just it's it's adorable, and I'd like to it see is adorable. Them, I'd like to see them give uh, Astrobot his own full-fledged, like, banjo kazooie quality solo game at some yeah. point because the other thing too is like this game is really simple you have a yeah. jump and a double jump and the double jump brings up the water and that will defeat enemies so if you basically double jump over enemies it kills them and then you have like a basic attack and then you have like a slingshot um so i guess really you have the three tenants that you need but you have adventuring and you have shooting mm -hmm. And, and you have jumping. So, yeah, the has, only thing I ran into was just like, you know, like I said, this has no option to invert Y in the game. You have to set that in the console settings, which I didn't know existed yeah. until I was like, why can't I invert the fucking thing? And so I Googled it and someone said, and I found, you know, on Reddit, it was just like, oh, yeah, you got to change it here. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that because the PlayStation doesn't tell you anything. But uh, so that's, that's, that's if you're running into that problem, that's the problem. There's literally no options in this game. Like, it's, no. it's weird. <laughs> it is really bizarre. It is cool, too, how the game is like a tour through PlayStation consoles. Yeah. It's all there, like... There's a, it's fun, like, you collecting, like, basically all the old consoles and all the controllers and, like, the multi-tap like, and stuff like that. I found, like, the stupid box for PlayStation VR. <laughs> yeah. It's, hey, remember this? Yeah, I hate it because it yeah, doesn't have it. HDR. Like, yeah. Jerks. Where's my adapter? Yeah. Um, and that part of it is cool. It is like a tour through, like, the history yeah. of PlayStation. Yeah. And but it's, it's, you got a little museum you can look at, and so it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I guess so. I guess it's probably cooler if you grew up with PlayStation and weren't, weren't like in our twenties yeah. like us. Like, it's but, better uh, than I thought. I guess I'll put it that yeah. way, but still not great. And you're collecting <laughs> puzzle pieces to make little murals of each generation, and so it's it's fun. It's, it's yeah, it's whimsy. Yeah, it's, it's if you need it's, some, you may need some whimsy at the launch of the PlayStation. It's 5, entirely pleasant. Yeah, it's, it's, because even Bug Snacks appears whimsy, but. Maybe mm -hmm. not so much. We'll get to that. Uh, all right. Next, we're going to talk about Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Um, I'm the only one that's played this. I'm assuming, Matt. I'm guessing you yeah, I, uh, I didn't touch this one. <laughs> no big surprise there. Um, and, I don't have uh, that kind of hard drive space. Yeah, exactly. And I will say this. like uh, My PS5 hard drive, it looks like you're going to be able to fit like nine or ten games. That's my guess. Mm -hmm. Like big games. Like nine or ten big AAA games before you're going to have to delete something. That's how it seems to me. Obviously. Yeah, I've got I've got eight games in right now. Uh, you got room for one ish more. One, probably. two, three, four, four PS5 games and four PS4 big, you know, big, you know, mm -hmm. not no joke like Horizon, God of War, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, and I got like 260 gigs left. 
Yep. So I yep. probably fit three, four so more games really in there. it's really not as bad. Is not uh, terrible, but it's also yeah. like on my PS4 with my expanded, like, you know, extra external hard drive and my, um, uh, my two terabyte internal drive I replaced the standard one with, uh, I've got like 80 things installed. So it's, it's a yeah. definite change in how much you have access to it once. Uh, sure. maybe it's a, maybe it's a short, sharp lesson in, um, organizing your shit and playing things before you move on to something else. But like in general, I would like a little bit more, but it's fine for launch. Like, you know, we're not drowning in upcoming releases right now. Vincent did bring up a good point in chat that I should bring up. Um, when I said that, you know, if you don't get a PS5, you can't get bucks next. That's only for people who don't have a PS4. If you have a PS4, you can claim it right now. You can't play it yet, but you can claim it. It'll mm. be in your library. Then when you get your PlayStation 5, you can play it on your PS5. Um, so anyway, let's talk Black Ops Cold War. I'm the only one who's played it. I jump on this grenade every year. And I know a lot of you guys aren't into it. Although a lot I just of throw are. it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do like the R1, the throw yeah, the grenade. It's R1 it every time. Like, nope. <laughs> um, I know a lot of you guys don't care about Call of Duty, but actually a lot of you do. Um, the game, like it or not, does do a lot of traffic on Sifted. You guys care. Uh, some of you guys may not like outwardly share that you guys care about Call of Duty, but you do. Um, I'm still going to try to keep this conversation pretty short because I have already talked about the multiplayer ad nauseum. Um, and I'll just kick it off at the multiplayer quickly because I do want to address if anything has changed. And some of it has. Um, first of all, when I first started playing, they had completely rebalanced pretty much every weapon. Um, all the weapons that I had used in the beta that were effective couldn't kill anything anymore. Um, the other thing that they changed in the multiplayer from the early the betas and the alpha, the enemies take way more bullets to take down now. It's way harder to kill enemies. Um, they had, the funny part was they said the game was going to be like that. I played the alpha and the beta, and it wasn't. And then for the final game, they actually ended up instituting it, um, which is really bizarre. So uh, just to be honest with you, I felt like I was starting over again when I started playing the final retail version of the multiplayer. Um, there's not enough maps. There's like eight maps. And I had already played, like, I think they ended up releasing like five of the eight in the last beta. So I had like three new maps to play and the rest I had played honestly to the point where I was sick of them. Um, so I'm playing through like a few new maps um, and I can see why they were the three that were not included in the beta because they're like the three worst maps in the game. So they need a lot more maps. The operators, there's like, Two that you can select. I was level 21 before I unlocked the first operator. That's insane. And the unlock speed is slow for everything. Everything. All, like, wild cards, all that stuff. It takes forever. Attachments for your gun takes forever. And I think a lot of it is they're just trying to elongate the process because there just aren't as many guns because the game is set in the 80s, which is a perfect segue for me to start talking about the campaign. Um, first thing I'll say, and I know someone's going to ask, and Matt might even ask before this discussion is over, is there a moment like no Russian in this game? No, there is not. <laughs> they do give you like the warning at the beginning, extreme, blah, blah, blah. Do you want to turn it on or off? There's nothing in this game that's going to like shake you to your core or make you feel bad about playing video games. Um, the, what'll make you feel bad about it is the plot. <laughs> so it's basically like an eighties buddy cop movie. Um, it's set in 1981, or at least it kicks off in 1981. Ronald Reagan has just been inaugurated president. Um, the Iran hostage situation had just come 
to a conclusion. Reagan's all pissed off. He wants to send you and your team of, in all honesty, by the time this game is over, scumbags into basically get revenge on the people who orchestrated the Iran hostage crisis. I mean, that's where it starts. But eventually you run into, like every Call of Duty has to have, the one bad guy that you're going to chase throughout the whole game. His name's Perseus. Um, And there's a nuke that's gone missing, and you think he has it, and off you go um, into another Call of Duty campaign. Um, But that really is where the similarities end. The reason I love Black Ops campaigns is because they always try to do something different. Remember back to Black Ops 2? Had like... um, Branching story paths, multiple endings, had this weird like RTS thing that you could play. Um, It's called like forward base, I think is what it was called, Matt. I think I just Mm -hmm. remember what it was called, something like that. So Black Ops is where they try new stuff. So I was expecting new stuff in this, but nothing like what I ended up actually getting. Um, This really flips Black, or not even Black Ops, Call of Duty campaigns on its head. There are stealth and spy slash espionage missions in this, Matt. You literally stealth where you have to crouch and like hide and sneak around and like move around enemies and try to go undetected. And then once you get in there and you sneak past them, you pull out your camera and you take like photos of like documents. Every like mission comes with like a dossier with all this evidence in it. And you like sort through the evidence. And then once you get into the mission, you have to find more. And there's this whole like web of intrigue that's like building up under the surface of the game. Um, And while you're doing this, just like prior Black Ops games, you're making choices in the campaign and big ones. Um, Most of the decisions are like, do I let this person live or do I let them die? And they provide a lot of great context for that. They'll be like, hey, This guy was not your ally. He was working for you, but he was not really your ally. Are you sure you want to let him go? He may go back to the other side. Um, And so you know the context when you make those decisions. And then later on, that stuff pays off. It absolutely pays off. Um, There are, I think, three endings or something like that. That's I don't know. I only played it once and got one ending. I did some searching. It seems like there are three. Um, So that is out of the ordinary for a Call of Duty game to have multiple endings with branching story paths. Really, the only games that do it are Black Ops. So all the -the over-the-top stuff, the pacing, really good. It is a little awkward with the stealth missions because what will happen, Matt, is you'll go into like a building, you'll infiltrate like the KGB or whatever. You'll sneak in, you'll use your camera, you'll get all this stuff, and you'll sneak out. And then there's like a set piece, like right outside, like where all of a sudden all the tanks are rolling in and there's planes and there's stuff blowing up everywhere. It They do have problems kind of spackling over the edges between like the big set piece, high action stuff and the more thoughtful like spy and espionage stuff. But it does work. That's the thing. It so does they work. They wanted to make an espionage game, but they still had to make a Call of Duty. Yeah, well, I think the guy who wrote the plot for this, that's kind of his background. And Mm. I think maybe their perspective was, look, we hired him because this is his background. We should probably make it work. So it looks to me like there isn't that much of it. There's only like three or four like missions where you have to do that. So it looks to me like they were humoring him and they're like, sure, we can make that work. You know, if you want a few missions to kind of sell the fact that these guys are going, you know, behind the screen to do these jobs like that it'll it'll accentuate that point and pound that point home more so i understand why they did it i mean it does make sense and it does work but like i said it can be a little jarring to come out of that stuff but 
Beyond that, you have um, latitude in the order that you choose your missions. Like as soon as you start the game, there are three missions to choose from. You don't even have to start the game the same way as everybody else. And as you start doing that, like side missions start appearing, they branch off. Like the narrative structure is certainly the best of any Call of Duty I've played, including Black Ops 2, which to me was sort of the gold standard for that stuff going forward. I mean, then you have, like, all the other cool stuff that only Treyarch does that other developers don't do. You have tons of hidden, like, little arcade games. Like, there was an OutRun arcade machine. There's Pitfall. Like, the whole Pitfall game. I started playing it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I remember this. I ended up playing it for, like, 30 minutes or whatever. It's it's just a spectacle. There's really no other way to put it. The set pieces are, I don't know how they keep coming up with new stuff, Matt, that it's just, like, just blows your mind but somehow they managed to keep weaving these crazy dreams of destruction that they've included in these. And it just, they're amazing here too. Just stuff happens that you're like, how did they even think of that? And it's implausible. And the whole plot's really implausible to be perfectly honest with you. There's no way that this little band of us soldiers are running all over the globe, doing the stuff that these guys are doing and getting away with it. And Another thing I would say about the plot and kind of the tone of the game, other than it being like this corny 80s thing, when you're flying in the chopper, you hear 80s music, or you know, when you're hanging out back at base, you're hearing 80s music. There's that kind of pastiche put all over the whole thing. Um, but really, the tone overall is that um, these people are terrible. They... <laughs> So Ronald Reagan is in the opening cutscene. And in the opening cutscene, they're talking, he's telling them what he wants them to do, which is basically like a bunch of illegal stuff that they can't do. It's against like war crimes and all this other stuff. I mean, basically, Ronald Reagan just says, like, find a way for plausible deniability. Basically, you know, commit war crimes and find a way to cover it up. And off you go. And that's what you do. And that's what the whole game is. You're out committing war crimes and trying to find ways to cover it up. Maybe that's what the Cold War era was all about. I did grow up in that era. It pretty much was. And I do remember being terrified that the world could end like any day. Like that's the way it was to be like a, a kid back in the 80s. Like you watch the news, which you didn't a lot as a kid. But if you ever did watch it, they're like, you know, Russia could just bomb us any day and we could all die. And you go to school and they'd give you these drills. And like, so I do get like where the game is coming from and so maybe that is what was happening in the 80s it is not historically accurate i should add no i, th I think a lot of stuff even, it's not even close to historically accurate. no there were, there were not a lot of like high-speed jeep chases down a runway exploding <laughs> up a cargo plane with a remote controlled car but like a lot of weird war crimey shit happened behind the scenes not these things specifically but um, it, it's interesting if you read into into the, like the the actual history i mean it was a lot the kgb did their own stuff i mean it's not like it wasn't just every but it was a it was a it was an imperialistic chess game between the superpowers and mostly what happened was other countries got caught in the middle of it yeah and uh there does seem to be some of that in this yeah well yeah for sure because you go to like you start in amsterdam and then you you get you're all over the globe and they find some stupid reason to, to take you there which is fine like i mm -hmm. like part of what i like about this series is going to all these different locations yeah changing up the, the environments is important as we yeah. will see in, in another game coming up shortly yeah. um and the protagonist is like he's just the guy that you play the whole game you can kind of customize him um but it's so it's not like you're playing as this guy at one minute and then this other guy the next minute. And I prefer that. I prefer a narrative where I follow one character. It makes the game feel a lot more thoughtful. I actually 
ended up caring about the people on my team and on my squad in this campaign, whereas in a lot of Call of Duties, I honestly just don't. Um, well, I think one of the weaknesses there is that, like, you know, Modern Warfare did the the character switch thing as part of the story it was telling. Right. Yeah. And the big payoff was the nuke that kills off one of your three characters, right. which you don't see coming when you play that game. And I think a lot of the games that followed it sort of fell into this trap of thinking that that had to be something they did. And um, I don't know if it took this long to get away from that. I don't, the Black Ops, did the Black Ops games usually stuck with one character, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. That's what I said. I always like them more than the other ones. They always follow like one character. Or maybe the switching the thing can die. Yeah, the switching thing can work, but there has to be a reason for it. You can't just put... Having the multiple characters isn't what makes that interesting. It's, it's interesting because the narrative structure requires it. It was worked. It worked and it, it. Yeah, yeah, and it will like it will do something that me, it makes you go, oh, that's why I was playing these different characters, and that was super worth it. Uh, and also, you have to make each character story interesting, which I find a lot of the uh, um, Call of Duties fail at. But um, the uh, Infinite Warfare also was pretty good about like only make, only having you play the one guy. Yep. Yeah, that's true. As a that's result. a good point. Yep. Um, so I have enjoyed this campaign a lot. Um, it is corny. It, you have you have to put your brain on pause a little bit because there's stuff that happens. You're like, what? Like, what about? And then something else blows up and you forget about it. That's pretty much every Call of Duty campaign. But this one is a little more thoughtful. You will get a little more ingrained with the characters and you'll care a little bit more about them than you usually do in Call of Duty. And then the other part of it is that the campaign's a little longer too. I usually finish Call of Duty campaigns five hours or less always. This one took me like six and a half, seven-ish, something like that. Um, so it is a little bit longer. Um, and I did enjoy it. But again, it is something that you know you can play in a day. Uh, so if you get the game from like a red box or something like that, you know, you can spend $4 to play the campaign instead of 60 if you're not into the multiplayer. Uh, but it is worth playing and I had a lot of fun and it does mix things up. There's like, Matt, there's lock picking. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I saw that. It was like, like uh, Skyrim style almost. Yeah, it's very easy. Like you just rotate one stick until it clicks and then rotate it again. But it's just the fact that it's in the game. Like you can see it starting to inch towards like these open world like action RPGs. Like it's starting to include like goofy stuff. Like how much longer until there are like you're collecting like weapon parts that you have to use to like upgrade your guns. Like I can see at least the Black Ops imprint inching in that direction. And I think that's good. It needs to go in that direction. Uh, I have a feeling that it's going to take a long time until it actually gets there. Uh, maybe with it's always scary to change the successful thing, especially it when is. you're Activision. Yeah, maybe by PlayStation Six or something like that. <laughs> In PlayStation Six, you might get like a, a, a level up bar or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the final piece of any Call of Duty puzzle, obviously, is zombies. And as a lot of you probably know, zombies was started by Treyarch. They were the original Nazi zombie studio. Uh, so they always tend to put a little more work into their Not zombies. something I would put on the building, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so they tend to put a little bit more extra work into the zombies mode, but actually this time they've dialed things back, and I am all for it. Like, I don't know if any of you guys have played any of the zombies modes in the last couple of Call of Duty. They have become so complicated. There's all these, like, bubblegum machines and vending machines. It's like... It's hard to even figure out what you're supposed to do. So they've actually called some of that stuff back and made this one a little more simple. Although I think if you go back maybe two Call of Duties, you'll get to where this one is. It hasn't gone like all the way back. It still has the bumblegum machines and all that kind of stuff. But 
I did find it more enjoyable than the last couple. And mostly because the biggest thing for me was that the worlds were just way more open. Um, so you weren't constantly trapped like in a corner in some little room. Like most buildings had doors that would go out to an open area outside. And what I found was it, it enabled me to fight inside and take down as many as I could up close. And when I got overwhelmed, run out and then let them funnel through the door. So just a couple of them are coming out. Didn't just put your reticle at head level and just mow. So I had a lot of fun with this. My very first time I played, like I played with a couple guys who were really good. We made it to like the 15th round. Um, you can set it up to play um, forever, or you can set it up to play rounds of 20. Um, so there's like a lot more customization. I'll fully admit I am completely lost on the plot in this. It's not the same plot as the last one with the whole like time jumping all over the place thing that they had going on. Uh, but I, I admittedly have no idea what's going on in the plot in this, but cinematics are a lot more prevalent than they typically are. So maybe they're trying to help people like me, <clears throat> excuse me, who have fallen off from Call of Duty Zombies in the last couple of years. Uh, but there's a lot more ammo. Like you're not constantly running out of ammo and trying to buy a gun. Uh, guns are scattered a lot more generously. So you're not like trying to run to find that one spot on the wall where you can get one. Um, so they have made it more user-friendly and easier to get into, but it's no less challenging. The zombies, I think, take more damage to go down. They're smarter and their animation routines are more varied. I also found that we spent very little time actually boarding stuff up in this. Like with before the round starts, we would. After that, it was all bets were off. Like the rounds weren't like these things that would start and stop because the maps were so open, they could come in from anywhere. Um, so it just felt like just these ebbs and flows of taking out zombies, getting weapons, getting health, taking out zombies, rinse and repeat. I had fun with it. To me, it's not a reason to buy the game. The reason to buy, <coughs> excuse me, I need a drink. The reason to buy Black Ops Cold War is the whole package. It's what you get, all of that for $60. I have already played the multiplayer in the beta. Probably 40 or 50 hours. I played it for like three weeks straight for an hour here, an hour there. Now that I'm already back up to level 30 on retail, um, it is a very rudimentary multiplayer suite. Um, it needs more maps. It needs more of everything, pretty much, to be honest with you. Uh, because I have played the betas, that hasn't held my attention as much as it usually does. I liked the campaign a lot more than I have the last couple Call of Duties. Um, I found that it gave the player agency and some control over its outcome. And it was interesting and different and varied and well-paced and and the tone was right. So I had a good time with the campaign and zombies was more fun than I usually have with it. Usually I play zombies like one time to just check everything out um, and report back to you guys. This time I actually stuck with it for a little while. So overall, I would say it's a good package. It's worth the $60. Um, it looks gorgeous. I should have said, but you guys are watching the B-roll. It looks gorgeous on the PlayStation 5. Like, I took so many screenshots of this game, and it, it's funny. It looks like it was built from the beginning for PlayStation 5 because there's all these, like, shots that they usually didn't do in the last couple entries where you just walk, and the sun is just peaking perfectly, and, like, all the helicopters are rising off the ground. Like, they do a lot more of that in this one, and I think they were like, yep, this is going to be, like, PS5, Xbox Series X. Uh, we're going to do it upright, and they did. Um it, I will also say this, after playing this on PS5, I really don't think we need to worry about the whole third party is going to look better on one console or the other. They just look stunning on both. I mean, it really is gorgeous. Just tons and tons of 
jaw-dropping moments. And I think this game can look a lot better. Like, it, it can't hang with Demon Souls. So imagine when it does get to that point where a game like Call of Duty is hanging uh, with a game like that, technically. So I say buy it. If you like Call of Duty, definitely buy it. I don't think you'll be disappointed. New maps are coming. More operators are coming. More weapons are coming. Um, they... They're very good about post-launch support with this franchise. They always have been. That's why people buy it every year. They know what they're getting, and they know it's going to be high quality. Um, and I would say the campaign, high quality, multiplayer, it's a step back. I'll be honest with you. Um, they tried to cut it down too much, I think, and it's made it a little too simple. Um, but we'll see what the long-term response that is. That Zelda um, clip in there again. What'd you yeah, say? I saw that. Is the, the B-roll, one of the B-roll clips has a random, like, five seconds of Breath of the Wild in there. Oh, that's right. random. Yeah, we just saw that again. Remember, yeah. we, I ran that like months ago, and there it just yeah. popped up again. Yeah, that's old B-roll from the beta, I think. Yeah, it was, that was when they did the beta. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's <laughs> Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops Cold War. Uh, I've enjoyed it a lot. I've had a the lot. Chad of was asking about uh, if there's anything special with haptic feedback controller oh, stuff. I'm glad you brought it up. That this is. A, I turned it off. The haptic feedback, I, I mentioned it earlier. Maybe people got to the show late. I did mention this earlier when we were talking about the DualSense. The haptic feedback in this is insane. When I first started playing it, I thought my triggers were broken because I was trying to fire and the trigger was stopping. I was like, what is going on? And it takes like real, for some of the guns, it takes real resistance to get it over the hump and pull the trigger. So I turned it off for the triggers for multiplayer about competitive reasons. Like it just, I wasn't able to squeeze the trigger as fast as I wanted to. But to answer your question, yes, the haptic feedback in this is freaking mind blowing. Like they really went the extra mile. Everything about this game went the extra mile. The way it handles the speaker on the dual sense is, it's a really, really high quality game that makes use of next gen. And I was pleasantly surprised by that. Unfortunately to me, the weakest link of the suite is the multiplayer, and I feel like that's what most people buy it for. So I think that's the best way I could sum up Cold War in a sentence. Um, will we come back to this one? Probably not. I have a sneaky suspicion Matt will not be playing this over the coming weeks as he finishes. Like, not unless one day it gets real cheap. Yeah. Like the campaign is not of zero interest to me, but paying full price for something that I'm only use one third of is just not really, in, it's not really something I'm into. Like, I like what I see in a lot of the footage here, but I just, I would only want to buy the campaign, basically. So I see Justin Orman in chat was like, that sounds weird. It doesn't sound like how a real trigger pull feels. It does. I've, I shot, I grew up with guns my whole life. I've shot, I was like an expert marksman in like the Boy Scouts or whatever. It does feel like it. It, because even most guns, you have like a slight pull and then you feel a hitch. And that is there to tell you you're about to kill something. That's how guns work. Um, it's a mental jog, like, hey, you pull a little bit further, you're going to shoot the gun and it could kill something. So that that's why is, hair triggers are noteworthy. That's exactly right. That's why there's a thing called hair triggers. And those are triggers that you don't get that little action before it pulls. You just tap it and it goes. So it is realistic. Um, but after a while in the multiplayer, it became annoying and I turned it off. In the multiplayer, it's amazing. Not just that, though. All the cinematics, like the... They whoever handled the dual sense stuff for this really went above and beyond. Like he deserves like a commendation because every little element of the dual sense is used to convey what you're experiencing inside the game. Excellent, excellent work. Uh, I see some people here subscribing with Twitch Prime. Ian Esquire, thank you, man. Uh, I saw a couple other people up here. Karma Lounge, thank you. I love your name. If you actually do have a lounge called the Karma Lounge, I'd love to visit it. Sounds like a place I would love hanging out at. 
Uh, who else hit us up with the Twitch Prime here? Uh, okay, I think that's it. I think I'm caught up. Uh, so anyway, that's Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. And I do recommend it, but just with caveats, especially if you're huge into multiplayer. But then again, if you didn't play the betas or the alpha like I did, I played it for 50 hours before I got sick of it. So there you go. You'll probably get more than your, your money's worth out of Cold War if you take the plunge. Up next, we're shifting gears drastically hmm. to a game that I said a couple weeks ago might be the game at the PlayStation 5 launch that generates a little bit of buzz, and that game is called Bug Snacks. It is the game that is free uh, to PlayStation Plus subscribers right now. So if you have a PlayStation 5 and you're a PlayStation Plus member, you can download it for free and you can play it. Um, and it is only going to be there until the end of the month. Uh, if you guys are coming to the show late, a reminder from earlier in the show, if you own a PS4 but not a PS5, claim the game now, and then you'll have it whenever you get your PS5. You should do that with every PS5 if you're just a or PS5 game that comes out on PlayStation Plus if you're just a PS4 owner. Claim that sucker so when you finally get your PS5. But anyway, this was not pre-installed either. You had to download it from uh, the PlayStation Store. Um, and... I think the way we've been describing it leading up to me actually getting to play it was that it was kind of a weird hybrid of Pokemon Snap. And I think if you look at the trailers, it's easy to come to that conclusion. But now that I've played it, that is really tertiary. That the, There's scanning in the game, which I know trips your trigger, Matt. You have to scan mm -hmm. the bug snacks. Essentially, the, the whole object of the game is to catch bugs. Um, bug snacks are a hybrid of insects and snacks. And for whatever, these people in this region love to eat them. Um, you're a journalist who is contacted by this adventurer who's on this island. And like, there's these bug snacks here. They're crazy. We're eating them. Why don't you come eat them with us and do a story while you're at it? So you talk to your editor. The editor is like, that's a dumb idea. But eventually you go and you, you fly to the island. The, edi the editor is correct, by the way. <laughs> just, 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 to, just to clarify there. <laughs> that is true. That is accurate. Um, so anyway, you get to the island. And sure enough, there are these bug snacks, these creatures that are half insect, half snack. And uh, people on the island who like to eat them. And essentially, it's your job to just go round them up and then take them to people to eat. And then they eat them, and their bodies mutate based upon whatever the snack was that the bug was merged with. Um, but what the game really becomes, it's not about photography or snapping photos of the bug snacks. It's about catching them. And so it really becomes like a puzzle adventure where you have to use lures and traps to catch the bug snacks. And pretty much the whole game is just built around those core mechanics and off you go into Bug Snacks land. Matt, have you enjoyed this game? That's a strong word. <laughs> um, I haven't disliked it. It's fine. Like, it's like the Pokemon Snap comparison, like I never agreed with to begin with, but it's not super far off. Like, because if you ignore the fact that Pokemon Snap is an on-rails shooter, shooter, um, there's elements to it. Like if you like the Pokemon snap element of taking the picture and getting, having to figure out the little mini puzzle of how you get the thing to get the picture or to get the scan or get the trap or whatever, like that's here. Like it's, it's, it's not this it's not a completely different mechanic. Like, it, it, like I, the comparison isn't 
is, is limiting but like, not wrong. Because you know? in Pokemon Snap, you were tossing like pokey food and like right. all this other stuff to lure them out. And you do the same thing here. Like, I, don't, I can't see where the B roll is, but eventually you get like a slingshot that fires ketchup. Yeah. And the ketchup. You can use it to lure the bug snacks to certain places. You can use it yeah, to certain lure ones them have like certain together. ones love ketchup, certain ones love ranch dressing, certain ones yep. love love uh, chocolate. Like there's, and you get a bunch of little gadgets. You get like the you get the that, but you also get like a remote controlled ball with a with a yep. bug snack in it that you can like roll around. You can cover it with different the stuff from the 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 slingshot that which like and so the bug snacks that like that whatever you've covered it in will like follow it around. Um, and a lot of the early stuff is like kind of teaching you that like, okay, you can use the trap to catch this one, but you can't use it on this one because it's too big. So you have to knock it out and grab it with a net. And it's like, and it's like the, there's sort of the, the creatures in it. So the, 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 the sentient creatures you're seeing here, which seem, <laughs> whatever they are, I mean, they're called grumps. Yeah. Um, and I guess the, they keep reminding me of fraggles. Yeah, whatever, that's, like that's there's exactly kind of a, a Muppet thing going on here. <laughs> um, and it's, it's about like, it's also kind of like what their animation Sesame looks Street. like. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's just like, a, they look like puppets really yeah, in terms of yeah. how they move. And um, they're obsessed with eating these bug snacks, which apparently taste exactly like what they taste. And the bug snacks are just, just like Pokemon. They say their own names. That's what yep. they do. That's the and only some thing of it, like, like the burger, the, the one that looks like a cheeseburger is called a bung, a bunger. Yeah, and it, and like when you're in the area with one, you just hear it in the in the kind of the ambient sound. It's like bunger, 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 yeah. bunger, 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 bunger. <laughs> it's like it's like just it's like this razor's edge between endearing and and annoying. Like it's it's, it's yeah. kind of amazing. That's a good way to describe this entire game, really. Yeah, yeah. Because it does. And it's mostly like like questy stuff, and it's like you go because you you follow this idiot here to this, uh, this uh, Snackville, which is like the town they've established on this island. And everyone's gone because the, the, the woman who like summoned you, who was the only thing holding it all together, has been missing. So the object of the game is to find her, Lizbert. And um, part of the subquest is sort of go find all the people who used to live in this town and, and convince them to go back to town. And conveniently, every single one of them has to, you have to catch a certain bug snacks and yep. and give it to them or like, bring it bring them lure it to them like one guy one one of the guys is a rancher and he hates the idea of eating them so you have to like not kill them one of them just wants to like have you modify her appearance cuz she's a singer um it's it's weird cuz it's like there's nothing particularly original in it but it's also like nothing i've played all year like oh it's, yeah it's, it's a completely bizarre game it also definitely has some dark undertones i have not finished yeah. this game but I've had this sense of foreboding the entire time playing it that it's all going to end horribly wrong somehow. Yeah, you're waiting for like something larger to come along and eat all of your the characters or something. Like there's got to be a, a bigger fish in here somewhere. Yeah, you know? and so I am actually going to keep playing this because I do feel like there's going to be some kind of crazy twist. But I agree with you. Playing this sometimes can be really annoying, um, and it's just kind of. There's a lot of trial and error, I feel like, in the game. It's like mm. you said, like certain fluids work on certain bug snacks, and you have to like go through and try them all. And and the time of day matters, and there's yep. like you got you think all the things only happen at night, or certain certain bug snacks only come out at night or during the day, and some of them only come out when it's raining. And um, some of their behaviors don't seem like they stay consistent. Um, like sometimes you'll see a, cr a creature come out from a bush all on its own. But then if you actually try to catch the creature, it will never come out. Like, so, I don't know. I've I've enjoyed it. But like I said, it's been annoying. You'd have to think a lot more than I thought you would have to. Um, 
And you have to be kind of quick on your toes in some cases. There's a little bit of action involved because once you trap one, you have to like run up to the trap and you only have so many seconds before you can grab it before they break free. So it's not completely passive. Um, it's a yeah. unique game. This is why I kind of targeted it a couple of weeks ago because I was like looking at everything coming out during launch weeks. It's the one game that looks different and it does stand out. Yeah, now, I've had some bugs. Free, uh, free, free is the right price, I think. Yeah. But uh, it's not. I don't know. I mean, I think I might be okay with people paying money for this mm, if they can't get it for free. Maybe it's just it's it isn't a big showcase of the PS5. Oh no no no! It's an indie game through and through. It it literally could run on like Switch, no problem. That's definitely not what this game. Yeah, like there's like bells and whistles here and there on it, and like the draw distance is pretty impressive. Like the draw distance on all the next gen stuff is very impressive. Like that's one of the big takeaways. Goes on forever. Is like is like you know, even even on any anything even the old games like you, you load them up now like like Valhalla or whatever and you're like I can see for damn ever forever um, yeah so it's uh, so that's cool I mean it's not technically it's it's exactly what it needs to be um, and the bug stacks look nice like they look you know they they don't look they look bad they're you can the tell highlight they of the game for sure visually yeah sort of like the Pokemon you're like oh right and I, I'll admit after I lured in my like third bunger I kind of wanted a hamburger. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, but I've ran into some issues with this game. Um, I've had bugs. Like I had one bug where I just got trapped in a bush and couldn't get out. I mean, that's mm-hmm. actually in the B roll. You'll see it up here in a minute. I think. I mean, some of them will do that, and you have to use another one to like lure it out somehow, or like, or send like a bunger or whatever into it, and like they ram the bush and it knocks them out, and then it's supposed to be how you no, get. No, I got trapped. The character oh, you model. got trapped. Yeah, the character model got trapped in a bush. I did. Yeah. Yeah, and I couldn't get out. Um, and then another thing that the game doesn't do. So say you, I, I had played it, and then I wanted to start over to capture footage of the opening for all the people watching Game Face. And so I started again, and I started playing through the same parts that I had played through before. And um, the I knew that this one guy needed X number of bug snacks of a specific type. So instead of like going and talking to him and like getting all that crap, I just went and caught him and then I went up to him and I talked to him and I give him the bug snacks and then it doesn't check the the mission. And so I talked to him again. He's like, hey, now I need to blah, blah, blah. So he didn't count that I had already collected mm. them at all and I had to go and, and catch you, him again. Because you had to stop talking to him and talk to him again to activate And then the give quest. him the bug snacks. Yeah. yeah, so there's little like quibbles with the game like that. But you know what? Those two things respawn and I was able to go get them again. So it looks like they've accounted for it. Still not ideal, uh, but you're right. Free, it's great. I would, I mean, based upon what I've played so far, I wouldn't, call people crazy for paying 10 bucks for this game it's different and it's unique except it costs 30 so <laughs> oh it's 30 bucks if you buy yeah. it that's too much yeah that's way too much um but get it free now <laughs> yeah free is the right price and probably by um, the time it's not free it'll be down to about 15 bucks anyway so it is kind of it's, it's pretty kid targeted i would say it's i it's, wonder if it is because it's a teen rating right yeah, I mean, I think because you're eating things with faces is uh, probably the, the issue there. <laughs> that should be um, the disclaimer. Yes, and there's I'll also be, like there's a little like, with faces. Yeah, I think there's just like I mean that's I guess sort of maybe your team. Also like 
there's some body horror here with the yeah. with them morphing into like that's never so far at least that's not explained as to a why it happens or b why it's why they like it why they want it yeah, yeah I'm like wait your that. arm just became a French fry you want that <laughs> that's okay there is no way walking on a curly fry <laughs> instead of a leg can be comfortable yeah I'm worried for you why are you not worried it's a bizarre game I mean that's the thing and there's some, like you are right there's some dark stuff like the the one the the te- the cowboy guy who like yeah. Who like his wife went off to do something like because one of the characters you have to go find and bring back to the town, but he's like built like a replica of her and like cries to her at night, like when you yeah. if you're up at like two in the morning, and it's just like, what in the hell is this game? Like, there's it, been a couple offhanded like comments that have been made, and I'm like, hmm, yeah, okay. but that's also why I make a comparison to the Muppets because the Muppets have that sort of <laughs> dark element yeah. to them, too. That's like, true. it's 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 weird. It's a it's a strange game. I admit I do I have come back to it a couple times and keep going forward in it because like I just kind of want to see what it does next. Well, the other thing too, there's lots of checkpoints, so you can pick it up. Yeah, it's very couple, pick up and play. Solve a couple puzzles, turn it off, um, and you won't really lose any progress. So it's pretty generous in that way. Yeah, it's been the areas nice- are pretty small. It's a pre- usually pretty straightforward. What you need to do to capture the bug snacks, even if it takes a little work here and there. Yeah, um, this is what I'm getting at when I talk about like this has been a launch week. The, the the PlayStation Five feels like launch week. It's like somebody looks at Bug Snacks. Oh, that game looks stupid. It looks corny. You're right. It does, but it's there. It's a new game that I can play, mm-hmm. and it's something that I've been able to play to like cleanse the palate after playing like three hours straight of Call of Duty, and then like playing Demon Souls, and like then going and playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's it's a it's been a nice refresher. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those games like maybe I probably wouldn't play in any other circumstance, but that's sort of a launch game. Sort yeah, of thing. You know, it like, is. It's kind of the epitome of a launch game. Try some new and stuff. And at least like cool, the, but and at least like this time I paid nothing for it instead of like paying fifty bucks for Ready <laughs> to Rumble on the Dreamcast. Good point. So. uh I remember I I had I remember when the Dreamcast came out I did I got the Dreamcast and I played stuff and I played got got you know got the games that I wanted and that night like I got in the morning and later that night like before GameStop closed I ran over to GameStop and I was like I just want another game I just want another new game <laughs> and I bought Ready to Rumble for no fucking good reason which I didn't even li- end up liking it, it much. Wasn't but it wasn't terrible. No, but it wasn't worth full price on launch Ooh. day. And I got I, it I, too. I bought it on launch day too. There we were. Like yep. I, that was that was that's. <laughs> This to me, I mean, I think this was a great launch. I don't know what people are talking about. They haven't been through too many if they think this is bad. I mean, they're right. People are right. There's like you can play these things on a bunch of other platforms, but it's like in terms of. I got I my mean, new console. I got new games to play on it. PlayStation 5 felt a lot more like I had a new game console than Xbox Series X did. Yep. Because I had all these titles that I had not played before that I had to play to know what I was talking about when this show came up. Like, just, just that alone was a very big difference. You're like, oh, I have a lot of work to do, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Even if that work is playing a bunch of video games. It still um, works. And I didn't have that in uh, with the Xbox One other than play with the Xbox One and play Valhalla because we're going to talk about Valhalla. Yep. Um, so, yes, the, 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 it's a very marked distinction. Bunger, 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 bunger. There you go. And um, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's in my head. Like, I, I, I refuse to get on the fucking ironic Bug Snacks Game of the Year bullshit because I'm not that kind of that kind of internet person. Are people really like calling for that? Like, oh, yeah. unironically? It's the, it's the, I don't know if it's unironic or ironic, but it's the, it's the new knack okay. in terms of like, we're going to pretend this is the game of the year, the best game of the generation or something. It's definitely not just that. to annoy I people. I believe that noise. That is not true at all. Um, we got to move on because we're getting crunched for time. We got a lot more to talk about. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. We've mentioned it several times. 
Um, I pretty much carried the conversation last week because I had played a lot more than Matt at that point, but Matt has continued to trudge forward. And I wanted to make sure that you guys got his impressions because as you guys know, he's the one between the two of us who's going to play this game until it is wrung dry of everything. Um, he honestly knows the franchise better than me. Um, so it's a very important, I feel, that he gets to discuss the game with you guys. So Matt, now that mm-hmm. I'm assuming you've probably caught up to where I was last week mm-hmm. or you're past that, how are you feeling about it? Um, still feeling good. I mean, I'm, I've conquered or made agreements in three territories at this point. Okay. I think I'm level 90-something, 100-something. Holy crap, man. Um, it's just the, whatever level the kill. The, you're not level, but like you, you get rated for how many skills Your you power have. Rating. Basically, yeah. So power ratings. I'm, I'm like branching out, skills. branching out, and then a second ring of territories for now, basically. But then I basically had to stop to switch full time to like Miles Morales and and PS5 stuff. Um, but I am still played a lot. I am played a fair amount. And I'm looking looking forward to going back. Like I do still, I do still enjoy it very much. Um, I have not found it as easy as you described it. I have really? run into some. I have run into. I for one thing, I didn't find an axe that good. Uh. Um, but I have not. Thank I've, God I've, that was the one thing that axe was still there, Matt. Whenever uh, yeah. I, whenever I lost everything else, I still had the axe. Yeah, <laughs> I have definitely. There's definitely moments where I or I've hit like a new area, and I'm like, oh, let's see what's in this town or something, and everybody attacked me. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna die if oh, I don't get okay. out of here. I get, so it has not been that much of a of a pushover for me anyway. Um, Are you playing default difficulty? Yeah. Okay. Default difficulty. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I, I don't have a whole lot to, to add because I. Well, how do you know, feel about me saying that I was bored by it a lot of the time? How do you feel um, about that? I mean, I understand why somebody be, someone would be bored by it if they're not like a big fan of sort of the, the formula of the new Assassin's Creed formula, basically. No, For I'm me, talking about like the setting in the uh, plot setting? and the characters and all that. How I felt found my that's how I why I quit it's, playing. Like I got bored at a cinematic and I was like, I don't care anymore. It's not as uh, gripping as Cassandra's story was so far, but also Cassandra's story got into the the the, the ancient civilization stuff a little faster. It did. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Still not quite sure where this is going in that regard. Um, the thing that's kind of pulling me through the story still is I do like uh, uh, Aver, and I do like. Um, Are you playing female or female. male character? Okay, female, and I do like. Um, uh, I like most of the Vikings in the settlement, but I also like the the hidden one, the the assassin, the yeah. guy who runs the bureau. Like I'm like uh-huh. I'm interested where the assassin stuff goes. I want to see where that all connects up. The well, other thing that, too, how they saddle you with like kind of the flunky. Like he was the yeah, assassin yeah. who couldn't really handle it out in the field, so he's running a shop now. Yeah, and his yeah. master is up to something, but we don't know what yet. Yeah. So it's clearly that's coming. Um, also, the other thing I like, and uh, I know people don't like the modern day stuff. But um, the fact that uh, what's her name? It's, I can't remember her name. Eva? Exactly. <laughs> who the hell is? Who are you play, who, be, who have I been playing the last all three of these games? I don't, I don't remember, remember her, name. her name either, Matt. Um, no, either. That's the point. Like, but like, but she has teamed job. up with with Becca and Sean, the the support people from the old old ones. Uh, from the Ezio Ezio games forward, and Sean is my favorite character in the series. He's um, also he, very blunt in this he's one. He's very blunt and very sarcastic <laughs> and kind of a jerk. And he's based on uh-huh. one of my friends who works there sometimes. Oh. And uh, it's partly, apparently. He's, uh-huh. his, his attitude is based on on my friend, apparently. Interesting. Partly. And um, 
very caustic. And also the codex is back in this and he writes the codex entries as traditionally he's, he's the one who writes the informational stuff and he's back in this one and all the jokes and all the sarcasm is back. And that's great. So I'm happy to see that element come back. I, I'm waiting for this, for this sort of new, cause it's not new continuity cause it's still all Canon or whatever, but I'm waiting for them to connect up the modern day stuff here with the modern day stuff from before. And they get close once in a while, but I keep feeling like there's no plan here. Like there's no, there may not be. I mean, the way they've handled that part of the plot, it's yeah. like there is no plan to be. But the weird conspiracy, <laughs> sort of like like the the secret rulers of the world, sort of Templar thing. Like I'm interested to see how the Order of the Ancients connects up to what the Templars became, like a few hundred years later. Like that, I'm, I'm into up, I'm man. into the overall lore of Assassin's Creed, and that keeps me interested too. But I can understand why if you're not like really into the Viking negotiating with Saxons thing, it's not going to grab you. It's it's. I uh, lost track of. It, Matt, like back when I worked at Game Trailers, there was someone who worked with us. Actually, she used to work at G4 too, Megan Rue. Oh, yeah, she, I know Megan. Yeah. She was a crazy Assassin's Creed fan, like just insane. Like when I got Assassin's Creed swag, I knew who it was going to. And every time a game would come out, she would play it and then she would come into my office and we'd talk about it. And she would help me with like all the ancient stuff. I don't have that resource anymore, and I haven't had it for, like, the last five or six years, thus the last, like, five or six games. And so I am completely lost at what's going on with all that stuff. I just kind of let it just wash over me every time I play a game. I mean, that is sort of the best way to approach it. I'm, I have a pretty good handle on it overall, although I do I forget, like, the name. Yeah, it's the Isu, I think is the name of the first yeah. civilization or whatever. Um, stuff like that. And I, I feel like they're going somewhere, but they're going somewhere different than they were with the original game. So I feel like that whatever the plan was with Desmond and all that stuff has kind of been scrapped, even though they do mention Desmond and they all do, that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so something else, because it could basically, because uh, the thing in Assassin's Creed 3 was that some kind of solar flare was going to basically fry the planet right. and ruin everything. And what, what Desmond did was he sacrificed his life to send up something that causes uh, that caused the electromagnetic field of the planet to become much much stronger and it protected us from the solar flare but it's having more different consequences going forward which is one reason in this game uh, which is very conveniently tied into the Norse setting, uh, that in the real world, there's an aurora borealis everywhere all the time now because the electromagnetic field of the, of the Earth is so strong now. And, there, and there's sort of like a, a, a movement to try to figure out how to fix that now. Mm. And that's one of the, your goals in this, in the modern day stuff, is going through the Animus to figure out if there's a way to sort of turn off that effect. Right. Um, and that's what Sean and Becca are there trying to help you do. Um, it's... And so I'm, I'm curious where that's going to go, but I recognize that that is something peculiar to me as someone who is very invested in this franchise and has been forever. I would never tell someone like, you got to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla to find out whether the electromagnetic field gets fixed or not. <laughs> like that is not a yeah. relevant thing. Well, the other part is it's such a small part this. of the game is the other problem. It it's like you literally, there are these little vignettes that you play through. They're not like extended chunks of gameplay where you're there for like three or four hours. No. I will say that the, one of the other things that pulls me through it uh, so far is I like I do like the influence from The Witcher Three. I don't think they're there with the writing yet. No, nope. but um, the side stuff, like what they call mysteries in this, some mm -hmm. of them are side quests with basically just fucking weirdos you run into. Yeah, and some of the stuff I've done is so bizarre that I, it's just completely endearing to me. And it's like it's like the stuff in Witcher 3 where Geralt just runs into the latest crazy person in the neighborhood and has to get involved in whatever strange side quest they want him to do. And that happens in this a lot, too. Um, the little girl who's standing there looking at the leaf. 
Yeah, looking at the leaf or the or the, or the boy, like the, the the boy and the mother with the with the father who like believes that uh, the, his only defense against the Saxons is to cover himself in shit and not bathe for weeks right, on end, yeah, yeah. and like you have to clean out the all the all the stuff he's touched in the house and then knock him yeah. in the water so he gets clean yeah. so they can live with him again. Like there's just stuff like that is I I find amusing. Yeah. Um, and so that, like, so that stuff's like way it. more interesting than like the main plot. <laughs> like, well, the main plot so far is literally just forging alliances with local Viking warlords and Saxons that are willing and, and willing who I don't to care about. And I don't care about anything that they've done. Like it just it just seems uninteresting to me. No, I mean I, I it's not a particularly interesting historical period to me. Um, I'm not a big Viking. I think most people would agree person. with you on that. <laughs> like it's um, not. So I'm I'm more interested. I'm playing it because I enjoy playing it. Um, I mean, Black not, Ops Cold War is probably more interesting historically. Like, you run into, like, mm-hmm. Gorbachev and, like, all these <laughs> crazy people from the 80s. It's kind of bizarre. So um, I'm, I'm still enjoying it. I'm still going on it. I, and, of course, part of it is just, you know, as as tortured as some of the uh, the story arcs for each territory are in terms of making me care about this new batch of, like, identical-looking characters – uh, in armor, like I do enjoy playing, and I do enjoy taking taking over territory on a map. Um, so I'm having a good time with it. I don't know how um, successful it would be with other people. How do you think um, it's stacking up to Odyssey overall? I because you played I, Odyssey for what 150 100 hours and something like that. Yeah, I don't, I think the combat's better um, than Odyssey. I think the uh, combat in Odyssey wore thin for me by hour 80 or so. Um, <laughs> But uh, so far, like Cassandra is a much more compelling character. The the story tied in better with the Isu stuff, and um, felt like it was going somewhere in terms of the overall sort of like Assassin's Creed mythos. Um, like I understand understood why I was being told Cassandra's story much earlier than I am here. I well, guess the, would be the, how I'd it put made it. more sense with the setting as well. I mean, the only reason that these Vikings even come into contact is because. You know, one of them goes venturing abroad and brings a couple of them right. back. Like, well, and and I, I have, you are descended from the first civilization people. Like that. That's well, established yeah, you discover early. that, but it's just random that like the only way you ever get hooked into the whole thing is, hey, I found these dudes out on the road. Like they seem yeah. pretty cool. What do you think? Well, you know, fate, destiny, fate, fate. fate. <laughs> Even though the assassins don't believe in that. Yeah, I mean, but, I have continued uh, to play it um, even after I lost all my armor, which really did deter me from continuing. That is, that is a that's a bummer. That's yeah. a tough pill to swallow for sure, particularly in an RPG. And knowing that now, like you know, I'm not fit to fight a lot of the enemies I'm supposed to be fighting, I still trudged forward and kept playing. Um, and I am enjoying it. And I would I would recommend that people buy it. I think it's worth the full sixty bucks. I think just temper your enthusiasm a little bit if you've been buying every one of these games. I would say. Think back to Syndicate, and that's kind of the same level I'm enjoying Valhalla. Yeah, Syndicate's um, it's not a, a good bad comparison. Game, it's like, but it's it's like it's a good take on the formula. Like it's it's yeah. this is a and it's, it's, it's a, a solid thing. It feels version. Like yeah, I mean, I'm sure there will be more to it later, but I think you're gonna have to get through like 50 hours of this shit to get to. <laughs> Get and that, that to me is wrong. That's bad. Like I shouldn't have to play. I it don't care. Now. I mean, I you don't, don't care because you are going to play it 150. Yeah, because I, I well, because I enjoy because I enjoy playing it. Like yeah. the, the story is gravy at this point to me. Yeah. Um, I just like playing this in terms of open world stuff. Like the current Assassin's Creed formula is probably my favorite one. Yep. Um, in terms of something that comes out regularly, I mean, maybe Cyberpunk will beat that or something. But like, I cannot wait for that. Um, 
this this is just a super dependable thing I do every fall as I play an Assassin's Creed game, and and here we are again. You know, yep. hell, when they took a year off last year, I went back and played one of the old ones again. Like it's just, like it's just a thing I like to do circa October. I didn't feel that too strongly this year because October was weird weather wise and yeah. time means nothing now. So yeah, like, it, it really is irrelevant. It wasn't like where I'm like, oh, everyone's wearing scarves and we're going staying inside <laughs> more. So it's time to play an Assassin's Creed game. It's like, no, I don't know. I, I, it was like a hundred degrees here in October. Yeah. Dude, I got like antibiotics to take and I like forget if I've done it or not five minutes <laughs> later because every I've just sat on that couch for so long in the last nine months. But like, seriously, there's it. no markers to no, remember nothing. things. It's like when you go through normal life, it's like, oh, there was that birthday or that was there was that game that I went to or there was this dinner that somebody had or it was this birthday party. There's none of that to give you the frame of reference for when things happen anymore. No, it's just it's like moments where you're like blurring together. You're like, where was oh, I? I what? Like, I, that, I, I, that was that August. was three that was three weeks ago because that's the last time I talked to a human being. You know, it's like when yeah. when someone came over to drop something off or whatever. You know, it's like <laughs> I feel for you, man. I'll come over and we'll hang out. Yeah. Like I'll sit on one side of your pool and you'll sit on the other. Like seriously, <laughs> you may need some like human interaction, bro. Yeah, it's, uh, right. uh, it's a long, it's a long winter over here. Matt, Matt has been by himself all this time. I've only been by myself now for like five days. My wife went home for Thanksgiving, and I'm already <laughs> starting to feel it. So, I may need to come over there for some therapy myself, Matt. We can sit by the pool <laughs> and just be around another human being for a while. Uh, okay, it's time to move on to another. Initially, what we thought was a PlayStation Five exclusive, but eventually, it came out that it was also coming to PC. And that is Godfall, published by Gearbox, but not developed by Gearbox, right? Uh, no, it's developed by a new company that Gearbox kind of discovered, it seems yeah. like. Um, and did they buy them, or did they just license them? I think they helped pay to get them finished, get it finished, okay. if, okay. I remember, if I remember the story right. And I have not played this. This is a game that Matt decided to jump on the grenade for. Well, Thank no, you I, very so much, I, my friend. <laughs> so I ended up with an extra, extra copies of uh, Miles Morales because of the bundles. Uh-huh. And someone I knew had an extra copy of an extra code for this, so I traded oh. a miles for this. Oh, that were great. Um so I did technically work. still spend money on it, but I didn't directly do it. There I, you it, go. <laughs> you you've let yourself off the hook. <laughs> but I figured it was something else to to buy to to to, to play instead of you know well, in, people, in the launch people lineup. Heard about this game, this game hasn't been reviewed all that much since the PlayStation yeah. Five was released. I don't feel like it was a big priority for a lot of outlets. Um, no, for for the, being the first next gen game we saw, it was it made surprisingly little impact. Yep, and um, it is a timed exclusive, or is it? Does it is it on PC already? It's already on it PC, is. I think. Yeah, yeah, it came out for both on the same day, I guess. Um, yeah. So it's a hack and slash game. It's a it's a looter slasher, as they say. It's Borderlands with a sword. Or is um, it like Destiny? Which or is it like Destiny with a sword? Um, which is it closer to? I mean, it's more. I would. God, it's in terms of gameplay. Yeah, um, design. I don't know. Like it's it's more like Dark Siders. Oh, almost like so. It's actually doing some interesting. Here's the thing. I mean, I have not been kind to this game uh, over the over the Neither year. Neither of or us so. have. Yeah. Neither of us have. I don't hate it. Like they, okay, they're so it's doing not terrible. No, there's not terrible. It's it's maybe aggressively mediocre in places, but um, <laughs> aggressively. So mediocre. what's so what's happening here? You can see is uh, this is the two brothers who lead these like kind of powerful beings in armor. 
Uh, Oren is the guy here with the, the, the lion mask, and uh, Macros is the guy in the wolf mask or the jackal mask, whatever if it is. If you had asked me to guess his name, I might have guessed Macros. Yeah. So he, <laughs> so they have this fight, and Macros wants to con collect all the power or whatever and become a god, and he leaves you for dead, but you don't die, and you get away, and you you find this sanctum that lets you build new, like resurrect your friends or build new armor or something, and then your idea is to go stop Macros from gathering and defeat all his lieutenants. Uh, and stop him from becoming a god um, because that would be bad because he's not very nice. And, and do you um, want to become the god? Uh, not so far, but I'm waiting for that twist to happen. <laughs> uh, you know. So, um, and, and the idea is like you basically go into these areas and um, hack, up, hack up enemies and activate switches or whatever you need to do and gather loot. And as you get loot, you get better weapons and better armor and better things. What's and the that, level design like? Is it a big open world or is it just no, it's, it's battle just, shoots you're going down? It's it's big mazes, basically. Okay. Like kind but of there dungeon. are like branching paths. You're not just running down a predetermined No, it's it's a lot of different ways to go. Um, you can get lost if you I mean, here, so here's the thing. Like you, st As far as I can tell, there's three areas. There's like Earth and then like there's an air area. I think there's maybe four in the end, but right, that you start with like three sort of with locks on them and you start on Earth. So Earth, you do this. This is the first mission, basically. You start on Earth, and you fi find the Sanctum, and then it shows you, like, okay, you have a new mission. You got to go find this thing. And you go to Earth, and there's a moment where I'm like, oh, this is this looks exactly like this the place I was on. I guess all of Earth just looks like this. Then I realized it's the exact same map. <laughs> I, was, I just started in a different place. So they're using the Dragon Age 2 <laughs> model, where you've got, like, set... So, like set maps and they just start you in a different place and lock off different parts of it for the mission. Okay. And so you go through and you complete the mission, which usually involves finding a particular thing or activating a particular thing um, or fighting a boss or something. And, um, and then after that, you can either go back to the, the Nexus, not the Nexus, the Sanctum. So I'm mixing up my hub worlds here. Um, Dark Souls is not a horrible, or Demon Souls is not a horrible comparison either. There's a, there's a Nexus place you go to, and you go to the, you go out to the different locations and complete the thing and come back and cash in your upgrades or whatever. Um, and uh, you basically like kind of go around and do that. And then after you finish that, you can either go back or you can continue. And uh, there's like harder like bonus challenges to do and like you can find more loot and so that's basically i think that's how you farm stuff more effectively is you, you complete the bonus objectives and in, in various missions you've already completed how's the um, loot creep the loot creep is functional but weird like because like i found a bunch of stuff and i've i've got a, a pretty effective setup of things and very early on you get you basically i'm like a blacksmith guy who can upgrade stuff for you so things don't get, become obsolete immediately um, so it's kind of your standard loot, sort of break it down to get components and find stuff that lets you forge things and you find other uh, uh, items that let you forge new suits of armor so you can switch over to those and each suit of armor, there's like, I want to say there's like 12 or 16 different suits of various god armor, male and female, you can you can uh, build and then each one... They were putting out trailers for suits of armor right. for weeks. I Which was each, like, what are you doing? And each one has a different like super attack and different passive ability and things. So there's, there's minor differences. And you, can, and you can outfit each one of them with different equipment so there's a reason to have all your some of the loot for this type and that type. There's very various different weapons. There's like longsword and double daggers and uh, Warhammer and um, you know all kind of standard melee stuff. Um, 
and you can you can have two equipped at once. You can switch between them at will. Um, and you, there's actually some combos you can do that require switching between certain weapons, and that that can be an effective thing. You always have a shield. Um, you see there, he's got the shield that uses. You can use that for parries. Parrying is very important. Um, you can also throw it like Captain America that can knock guys down and be able. So, the the star of the show, I guess, if you want to call it that, is the combat. And people uh, are asking, how much is it like for honor? Not at all. Or compare it to for honor. Not at all. Okay. I would not. I would never have entered my head to compare it to for honor. Okay. Well, never. I think it's a melee game, and just organically, people are going to jump to that. Yeah, game. it's not like it's not like that at all. It's more okay. like. Um, it's more like Dark Souls. It's less Souls. thoughtful, probably, right? Much, much less thoughtful than that. Yeah. It's, it's more thoughtful than a lot of action melee games. But I would say, like, if you, can, <laughs> if you find find like a midpoint between like Dark Siders and Dark Souls, and you've kind of got it. Um, in terms of, it's more arcadey than Dark Souls. It's more forgiving, but it's also got a lot to it. Like, there's a lot. There's not a lot of combos, not, but there's. Like the point of it is to kind of get through the defenses of the enemies, and like they're going to be very effect effective at attacking you, and you you, have a, you can be very effective at blocking and parrying. And every time you block or dodge or parry, they will usually open up some kind of weak spot, which is marked by an orange or a red dot. And if you can if you can target that with them, and not just target it with like hit the guy in counter, but target with a move like a like if you see the the red dot on their arm, you need to use something that can hit that arm. Oh, like okay. you need to poke with the, with a with a stab move that like hits them there, or you need to slash with a slash that hits their arm there. Like it doesn't have to be exact, but it does. And and the damage bonus you get from that is very big. So that is sort of the in sort of the way like like parrying is important. Finding the weak spot and hitting the weak spot will make you do damage way faster than just hacking away at these guys. So surviving groups of enemies tends to be being able to sort of do that on the fly. And it's not that hard, but it is sort of a skill you have to pick up. And I find it pretty satisfying. Well, this uh, game already is way more than I thought it was. Um, here's the thing. They have a lot of really good ideas in the melee system. It's, it's, I'm hitting the point now where I feel like I've kind of seen what it has to offer if I'm not willing to sort of just switch up weapons all the time and relearn how all the weapons work because I prefer mm -hmm. longsword and um, polearm or kind of my, my two go-tos. Keep your distance. Uh, yeah. Keep my distance and have the longsword is for like kind of the fancy close-up melee stuff and polearm is for when guys are getting in too, too close on me. Um, the boss fights are, um, are you know usually against bigger guys or more powerful guys, but I will say this, um, they play fair. Like I, I've never felt like I was up against something that was like breaking the rules to make it harder. I feel like I always feels like I'm just up against someone who's stronger than me or has like strong attacks. You know, and even that, like when you saw the, the character get knocked back there, like that didn't take any damage. Oh, that was a block. But there, certain characters have such strong attacks that they knock you fully back. And the, the disadvantage is you blocked it, you didn't get hurt. But the disadvantage is that now you got to recover and you don't get the counterattack, and they might get another attack in, in the time it takes you to kind of get back up. So there is there is nuance there, and I do like it. I I the, my problem with it is that there's no compelling reason to keep doing it except to be on the treadmill for getting more loot. Um, and every here here's the core of it, and this may be silly, but like there is no personality or character to this game at all. I could tell like, that from the very first trailer, man. The the I mean, yeah, I mean, we suspected that originally, but this game is like someone made a whole game. Look, there's a lot of artistic talent here. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff happening here. Though the detail on the armor, the inlaid engravings on the armor, and sort of the 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 world you can see here. Like there's all these like the technical intricate part of texture. The textures the, the textures are there. Shit. Yeah, but the <laughs> and even then, like clearly, the people that did this, the art. What they were doing physically is fantastic. Right. 
but just everybody looks like they came. Everybody looks like it came out of a doodle from a metalhead's binder drawing, yeah. circa nineteen ninety seven. They're all it looks like my notebook from like tenth yeah. grade. <laughs> they're all they're all just generic suits of armor with like no faces mm. and no personality, and everybody's trying to act like they know each other and care about care what's going on. I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are, and I, it's even you know maybe that's why I'm having such forgiving feelings towards Valhalla. Is this is because this has some Norse <laughs> mythology to it too. Yeah. I'm like, well, these guys just have no personality. <laughs> And no no character at all and i can't bring myself to care about any of it and you know like there's the whole thing where you can switch between the various suits of armor and i'm just looking i'm like why do i care like yeah. i don't i don't care who i play as and i don't care what i stick do around or does it like disappear and then like, it's show still up there hours later they no it's still there like each each mission forward. that you go through as you go through the, the sto story is is story driven in the sense that you have a narrative goal to achieve but it's telling that i don't remember any of them except yeah. finding the blacksmith yeah. Uh, the guy who's the smith who's going to like upgrade you. I remember that because that was a, a goal I wanted because I wanted to be able to upgrade things. But I, I, I don't remember what I was doing in the first mission before the smith guy. I don't remember what I was doing in the mission after the smith Yeah, because they all bleed together. They have nothing distinct to them. I had to get to the thing where the marker said to get to <laughs> and activate the thing so I could get a, a another sword that I would then just break down because it wasn't... Because the other thing is I think I got a... I have one like maximum rarity weapon it's a it's a long sword but it's named after zero's sword from borderlands so i think i got it as like a bonus for having played borderlands oh. on my gearbox shift account or something oh, that's cool. and it's better than anything else i found <laughs> in the game it's just like it's like infinitely superior to everything so i'm just like i mean cool cool but like it's i'm just hacking my way through with that thing um and how like much you is can, this game matt uh it's full price as far as i know it's a 60 dollar game yeah, and I'm uh, unless you GameStop real quick, unless you want to pay like an extra ten bucks for the ascended edition or something, which it yep. keeps saying like Godfall sixty nine ninety seventy bucks. Yeah, right. We're next gen. <laughs> I forgot. Well, and you pay an extra ten bucks for a bunch of useless like armor skins if you want your guy to look gold. But like well, everything like in the game already looks gold. Too, so who gives a really shit? A sucker. Oh my gosh. So, well, I'm well. I'm glad we gave this away for free. I think Erebus Jones won it last yeah. week. So it's not trying. like I don't hate it. Like I'm not saying it's bad. I just think it's like very. It's a it's some cool. Like I can see like the story that they told about how Gearbox saw a demo of this and we're like, oh my god, we have to help this game get made. I can absolutely see if you played like a combat demo of this game in like pre-alpha. You could see the the ideas on display and how this was going to turn out to be. Maybe you thought this was going to turn out to be something special. And, and the combat is fun. Like, I enjoy fighting in the game, for sure. There's just nothing else there is kind of the way I'd put it. How much would you pay for this game, Matt? I'd pay like 30, 20, 30 for it. That's the other thing. With these new genera this new generation, games of 70 bucks, the discounts are going to be all off kilter now. Yeah, like, I'm wondering. I, honestly, like, like... When is this game 30 bucks? Like, not when is this, for when is this game on? Now. When is this game the PS Plus giveaway? Right. That's my that question. That may be February. <laughs> well, no, because that's Destruction All-Stars, the other game nobody wanted for the launch. Um, <laughs> I'm joking, obviously. But, the, uh, but, but only again, a little. <laughs> I know, I, it might be the one after Destruction All-Stars. I don't know, you know. <laughs> So if were were this to hit PlayStation Plus at some point, I would say absolutely try oh, it. Oh, download like it's, it! It's, it's worth fun. the ones and zeros, but the combat is fun. Yeah. Um, this is reminding it's people not that quite enough to Watch carry. Watch Dogs Legions on sale for thirty bucks right now. That's right. 
That's, That's right. probably the best purchase you could make right now. Uh, Miles Morales was like 22 bucks at Walmart for a while. What? Or, I don't know if that still is holding true. Perfect. Although I will say getting that rid of way. getting rid of that extra Miles Morales was very difficult because that's the game everybody bought. Right. With yeah. PS5, so everyone already had I it. I bought it. Um, um, and right with that, we're segueing right in to Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. The people are calling it the expand That's not what, that's not what the, the graphics said. What? The graphics said we're going to Xbox. Oh, we are. You're right. We're running out of time. <laughs> I'm trying to push the show. So we are moving to Xbox, and we only have a couple things to discuss. I didn't even think we'd do uh, Ooh, this Smash topic. Smash TV reference. Very nice. Yeah. I didn't even think we'd do uh, this topic this week, um, but some stuff popped up that we need to talk about. We're going to talk about it quickly because with them, we're getting to Miles Morales before we close the show. Um, first of all, um, game prices going to 70. That's yep. it's happening. Um there were even rumors that it may go higher. Um, and also PlayStation had been accused of that. Uh, both sides have said no, that those are lies. That $70 is the cap, but yep, Series X games going to 70 bucks. Uh, Microsoft also announced that there will be shortages into next year. Um, they're still running commercials for both consoles. Nobody can buy them. It's a really bizarre thing that we're going through right now. Um, and I get a lot of people on Twitter being like, why am I seeing these? It's making people miserable. Like, you sit and you watch TV to try to get away from the fact that you don't have a PS5 yet. And then you sit there and you're bombarded with the fact that you don't have a PS5 and you can't find one. And pre-orders have still been a disaster. Um, I saw somebody mention in chat earlier, something they were trying to help people. Here we go. From Emperor Dread, PSA for UK peeps. Uh, Amazon UK is to get is due to get limited stock of PS5s in tomorrow, the 19th at 10 a.m. Um, so there's PS5, but it's been just as hard to find either one of them. And chances are most people are just buying them to flip them on eBay because the prices there are insane. Um, I do feel that you will be able to get an Xbox way before you'll be able to get a PlayStation 5. Yeah, the, uh, the, the pandemic's been good for the scalpers. And that may help Xbox, in all honesty, um, yeah. get more of a foothold. And, you know, if there's something to buy, there's a good chance someone will buy it. So. Yeah, because the other thing is, is like I mentioned this earlier after playing Call of Duty, I'm like, I don't think we have to worry about like one console being better than the other with third party. And sure enough, um, this week, the first comparison from Digital Foundry came out and they used a Devil May Cry 5 special edition. And honestly, the PS5 kind of won. Um, mm. So far, I mean, there's like that's that's the one thing I noticed. Uh, the difference between the Xbox and and PS5 on Valhalla is they run pretty much the same, but uh, the Xbox One has no V-Sync and runs at a steadier frame rate, and the PS5 drops frames more often but has V-Sync. And I have noticed screen tearing on the Xbox version. I that mentioned that very I saw, irritating. I noticed it in the footage before they launched it over and over again, especially in Dirt 5. Mm. The tearing in that is really bad. That's a pretty simple patch, but I wish they'd get on with it. The only um, thing that the Xbox One in that comparison was it had an extra uh, frame rate setting that couldn't even be selected on PS5. Mm -hmm. And who knows if that's a hardware issue, they can't make it work, but that was one advantage that Series X had. Yeah, I'm very curious what Cyberpunk's going to look like between Me the two too. of them. My, I mean, I'm, I my, <laughs> I'm, put, I'm probably putting my chips on Xbox. I feel like they have a better track record with Xbox, just that company, because um, the Witcher 3 on the PS PlayStation 4 was a mess. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I, I, the digital foundry comparisons, I think, are going to be more and more important this generation. 
I don't know if they are. After seeing that one, it seems like it's just even. Like, I don't think you're going to see a huge advantage for one or the other. There may be no, but I think there will be little things that mean more or less to people. I think it'll be little things that mean more or less to people, and you'll be able to make the decision based on that. Like, I think you'll be okay. I would rather have VSync than steady frame rate. So, if I'd known that, I might have gone PlayStation. For what I'm uh, getting at, really, is it's not going to be another repeat of like PS3 and Xbox 360. No. At first, the only thing you were buying on one console was the exclusives, and you were buying all the third-party stuff on the other because it was basically unplayable on the one on one the other. Although so, for now, I will probably do that. I'll keep the PS5 for exclusives because I don't have anywhere else to install things on it. So yep. that's you know that's yeah. that's a factor too. Yep. Um, and then the big news is that the Xbox Series line is the biggest console launch in Microsoft history across. Both of the consoles across all territories. And look, they can be fudging that. This could be the the console they launched in the most territories on day one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did Maybe. we get a number on that or they just said No, that? That's, that was what I was getting at. No numbers. They're going to continue to not give us sales numbers for their consoles for another generation, which anytime you hear that, it's like, okay, well, how good of a story is that then? Because I have a feeling... When Sony reports on how the PlayStation 5 is doing, it's going to give us numbers. Yeah, con- no context context on claims like that tend to sort of damper the enthusiasm for me. The other thing, too, is if you go back and you look at, like, to us, back when the Xbox 360 launched, it seemed bigger than anything. And it was for the time. It was huge. Like, going to a GameStop and seeing 300 people wrap around the block, it seemed bigger than it was. If you actually go back and look at the numbers, I mean, for us, we were at that crazy hangar thing for Xbox. Yeah. But if you go back and look at the numbers, they sold like half a million consoles in the first week. Like they're manufacturing more. The distribution is better. The pre-ordering is better. People don't have to like stand in line all night anymore to get them. Um, So I would expect it to be the best launch in Microsoft history, unless it was a complete and total flop, which I did not expect at all. So, you know, without numbers and without context, it's hard to say exactly how well it did. It sold better than Xbox One. Well, it better because Xbox One was a disaster. So, and back Xbox 360 was so long ago, the addressable mm-hmm. market is twice the size it was back then. So there, it's comparing apples to oranges to say it's the best ever, but it's still encouraging to see that it didn't flop. That's really what matters. Um, and then the final thing is something that we talked about last week. We had only had our Xbox Series X for a couple days at this point last week, um, and we were having problems with quick resume. That's pretty much all been fixed now, and it works for everyone, including me. And I do like it. I don't think it's like some kind of a killer app type thing. I think it's cool. Um, But again, like I said earlier in the show, with the SSDs being so fast, like that would have been something really cool last generation. Like that could have been something that actually budged your purchase decision a little bit. Now, not so much. And I have a feeling that eventually Sony will probably have that feature um, as well. It just doesn't have it right now. So... Mm. Um, that's the latest on Xbox Series platform. Um, not a lot of news. Everyone's playing it. <laughs> it's out there now. It's out in the wild. Uh, but there were a few tidbits that I wanted to share before we we transition for real this time hmm. to Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Matt, I was shocked to find out. Not that you finished it. I was not surprised by that. I was surprised that you had like 100%ed it already. You're missing right. one trophy, right? 
I'm missing a few. I'm missing some next 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 game uh, new game plus stuff because okay. I'm starting new game Which plus. So, okay. So the final like the final suits and the final gadgets and the final skills you can't get until you do new game plus. So okay. I don't have those yet. And there's I'm about one, three or four hours in. So I've and there's, played. There's one remote mine thing that I, it didn't count properly. So I don't know if that trophy's broken or I was doing it wrong. But okay. But mostly, I mean, the map is 100 percent done. I have nothing left to do in my first playthrough. How much time did that take you, Matt? I would say it took like between 15 and 16 hours. Yeah, um, I've got, I mean, I'm I'm only a few hours in at this point, but I'm all I can already kind of get the feeling that it's not as long as the last game. No, the the story. I would say the story stuff alone is about eight hours. Yeah, because they're already starting to pile me on with stuff that took a lot longer in mm-hmm. the first game. Like I. Like basically, I have a full arsenal already. Like right out of the gate in this game, it felt like it took a little. It was a little bit more of a ramp up. Yeah, it's a slower um, build up in the first one, which I'm fine with it getting to it yeah, faster. Yeah, I've already played um, twenty some hours yeah. of it. You know, in the in the prior and, game uh, already. And uh, I do, I also think that the story is as long as it needs to be. Like you could definitely make it longer if you added a couple. If you padded it out with a couple more supervillains, like and had the little mini mini side. St- kind of things where you had to deal with these other supervillains to get the information to move forward in the main story, which is what the first game did to some degree with the raft yeah. escape and everything. Yep. Um, I thought you were talking about the first game. <laughs> no, I mean, no, that's the structure of the first game. You did, you, but they didn't do that. They streamlined it to just the main villain oh, okay. that you're I dealing with. I see what you're this. saying now. All right. Uh, and I think that's good. I think that works. Um, so I, I, you know, so I guess the people that say like, oh, it's going to be a miniature expansion pack, this is bigger than like DLC, like this is not DLC, but it is smaller in terms of scope than the first game. I think expand alone is yeah. the right term. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not something I think they would have sold. It's an expansion that can stand on its own two feet. Yeah. I don't think they would have sold it for like 20 bucks as, as part of the DLC of the first game. But I do think that, yeah, this is, there's a reason this is 50 bucks and not 70. Yeah. It probably so. should be 40 though. I think. Well, in the, with the next gen inflation, maybe the PS4 version is 40. I, don't know, I, haven't, I haven't looked. Um, Although that would be a way for you to skeeve off ten bucks because you could buy the PS4 version. Yeah, that might be. I, maybe maybe it isn't upgraded on the PS5. Maybe they're smart to that. So I, I would imagine it's not that. <laughs> I would guess you. they figured that out way before we yeah. did. <laughs> um, but uh, the the main thing is um, this game is fucking amazing. It really um, is. I. It's, it's just a hardest game to put down this week. I'll be honest yeah, with you. It's. Um, but I knew you were going to play it all, so I was like, "I this is the one I want to play, but yeah. I need to do what's right for the people. So I'll play enough so I can talk about it. I won't look like an idiot, but I need to dive into these other games. I know Matt is going to handle yeah. this one for I sure. honestly didn't even mean to play it as much as I did, but I did. Because <laughs> um, I just didn't stop. And uh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I love the first game anyway. This is better. Matt, like, I'm going to be shocked to find this out, but the... PlayStation 5 version of Miles Morales is $70. What? No, it's the, not. I'm on GameStop right now. You sure that's Six, not the... $69.99. You sure that's not the ultimate one? No. Nope. $69.99 for the PS5 version. The PS4 version is $49.95, 50 bucks. That is not right. Because I bought it for that much money. I'm looking at GameStop version. right now. Well, GameStop's lying to you. Oh, you know what? But over here, you're right. Here's another PS5 version for $49.99. Yeah, here it's right here on PlayStation's oh, own site, $49.99. It's the, the ultimate it's edition the is 20 ultimate. bucks more because okay. it comes with the remaster of Spider-Man. Got it. Okay. 
So that is the version I bought. So I did pay that much. You paid the extra 20 bucks. But I paid the extra 20 bucks. But you can also add that on if you just buy the regular edition. And then I should also note that the um, this bonus stuff you got for pre-ordering, like the suits, you can still unlock those normally. Like that you don't, okay. it's not like you don't have those suits. That's if you, the best way to handle it. If you didn't pre-order. We're not cutting they're people just, off. They're just unlocked at the beginning of the game instead of having to earn them later. Uh, so yeah, you don't lose anything by not pre-ordering. Um, so yeah, uh, where was I on that? Um, well, it's I awesome. Let me share my impressions first because I've only played a few hours mm -hmm. um, and you're obviously going to provide a lot more context and maybe yeah. I can just kind of launch your discussion off of my initial impressions. And that is that this game is way more New York than the last one. This yes. one, I actually feel like I am in New York instead of just some big, big city with a bunch of skyscrapers. Yeah. Um, the first game, they kept telling me I was in New York and that's why I knew I was in New York. I know I'm in New York because the whole vibe of this game is legit New York City. Mm -hmm. And um, specifically Harlem. Like, yes. It's, like, uh, it's centered in his neighborhood really well. Got, yeah, I hope that all of you guys have managed to visit New York City at this point in your lives. And if you haven't, do it. It's worth it. There's no city like it in the world. I've never seen a video game nail the real New York City. Any game like this one does. Just the opening walk down the street where mm -hmm. he's stopping and a guy's painting a mural. There's some other guy who's like moving his, his couch into it and he helps him. Like that is real New York. That's what happens. People walk down the street and they talk to each other. Believe it or not. It's not like LA where people like look down at the ground when they come across each other. And that's one thing I do miss about the East Coast in general. And they totally capture that in this game from everything though, from the music um, the people he's in contact with, just the vibe, and it's in Harlem, so it's like all hip-hopped out. It's just the tone of this game is completely different from the first game. Like, it is night and day again. Like, I've, I know I've used that analogy like three times in this show, but here's another one where it's just, to me, the original game, based upon what I've played so far, is the better game. It's definitely deeper, bigger, richer, world's bigger, more stuff to do. I don't agree with that. Okay, longer. This is just my opinion. It is longer, but I don't agree with it. That, this with that. game, I like better than the mm. original game. It feels more organic and human than mm -hmm. the last game did. Like, I feel like I know Miles. I know the people that he's talking to, hanging out with, all of it. I am enjoying this more than the first. That's saying a lot because I really liked the first one. Yeah, I mean, part of the, the thing there is just that Miles Morales, in general, is a very relatable character. He's a cool dude. And that's, and that's dude, why he like works so well. I would like to know and I'd like to hang out with. Yeah. Like, he's, he probably he would be my friend, probably, if I ever met him. Like, and I feel a lot, a lot of people probably feel that way playing this game. So, like, the reason I would say I don't, I think this is a better game than the first one is, and it's very similar. I mean, it's, it's, it's a case of point. That is the thing. Ones. It is, it is, is just an expand alone. It feels yeah. very much like. But Miles' power set is a more interesting one. Oh, yeah. And I'd agree with that. It, too. It, and it gives you, by the end of the game, you are doing way more interesting stuff with, with your abilities and can mix things up better with the venom attacks and the camo stuff than Peter does. And it's not like the first game's fault. It didn't, it's not like the first game screwed up or anything. It's, it's a building just, block. It's just uh, Miles has a power set that is expanded beyond what Peter Parker can do. And that makes for a better game in, yeah. in terms I mean, of combat. It's also it's the of second game. You know, they yeah. they had to build and they learned a lot. Yeah. And, yeah. Absolutely. And I can't wait to see what they do in the next one. Like I'm, you know, I, 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 I mean, we coming off the first game, I would have been, I don't know what you do to make this better. And here they did it. And so well, I'm sure they'll do it again when they do Spider-Man two. 
Now, one thing I would say is the plot. I think the plot's better in the first one. I like the, plot the, is, the, the plot characters is much in more... the world better here. But the plot in this one's pretty much like Spider-Man took a vacation and I'm Spider-Man for a couple weeks. I mean, that's, uh, there's more to it than that. You're not. I'm sure it does eventually, but it, it is very character. It's very character driven, and the um, you know, it's not a citywide threat necessarily. It's a it's more localized to the neighborhood. But um, but it works because, like as you say, it's so centered in Harlem, and it's so they centered build on the that characters. neighborhood up. You care about it, yeah, um, and it, it works. You know, it's, it's not you, Peter's Peter's story in the first game was a bigger sort of you know Doc Ock and all that stuff happening was was a, a wider, larger scope thing, and you know we kind of ca- tried to capture what it was like to be Spider Man trying to cover Manhattan with like all these super yeah. villains running around. All that this is very much about Miles having his first real test as Spider Man, and. Uh, it's and it's it works. It's it's very good, and I don't want to go endearing. into endearing. Like, the game is very endearing. Like I, also here the beginning here with the Rhino fight. This is the very first thing in the game. Most games would kill to have this be their finale. Oh, I know. Like, it's just it's just <laughs> unreal. Like the running through the shopping mall scene. Yeah, and little no, things like. like I, I gotta call out some of the animation on this game because, like, oh, it's ridiculous. It's it's and like things like where he's swinging, swinging along, and sometimes he's not as good as swinging at swinging because he hasn't yeah, been doing he it. Yeah, he messes it up sometimes. He, he kind of ends up backwards for a yeah, while. I love like, it, man. And like when you do this, the web zip to places, like maybe one out of three times, he has to like kind of regain his balance. Yeah, for a second, I love it, man. Like, really, there's good. so much little stuff like that, and like you were talking about, like the 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 move set and the attacks, like way more fun, way more exciting. Like his venom attacks with the the electricity and the finishers he has. Mm-hmm. I love that the cooldown is really short, so you can actually use them. It's not like this yeah, thing that really I really need about. to use them all the time. Like all the time, to, just yeah. trying to melee through it, you'll get killed. Like yeah, you have to use your abilities constantly. Yep. It's really I, good. and I love that it, it encourages that. Like I, it's great. Um, is it worth seventy dollars? No. Is it worth fifty dollars? Probably. Yeah, it's sort of seventy dollars if you want to play Spider Man again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, the other thing is like just you know this is kind of their showcase for kind of the ray tracing and the mm-hmm. and the graphic stuff. And I did play it on cinematic mode, thirty frames a second, four K ray tracing on all that stuff. And there's moments where like it's it doesn't super ad- like add like moment to moment stuff, but like there's moments where I was like on a building with 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 windows on it, and I noticed like like a street in the reflected in it. And I'd look and I, there's a car <laughs> driving down the street in the window. And I look back yeah, at the street there's the car. and the, there's the car <laughs> and there's a, like, there's fewer pedestrians in the reflection. Dude, that but first like, scene where he's just there. walking down the street and yeah. the guy goes into the convenience store and opens up the glass door. Brain mm-hmm. broke. Yeah. Brain well, there's broke. Like, there's a quality of the light to this game. Like just the, the, the way it like things glow off things or, or yeah. light things up. There's a, in the mid- middle of the game. There's a, cause the, the days pass as the story passes and there's a, right. there's an overcast day at one point. And I was swinging the overcast quality of the light is so convincing and it's so atmospheric that after I, I paused it to turn around, I looked out the window and I was surprised it was sunny in reality. <laughs> like that's that how much it pulled me into that yeah. white gray look. And like there's like there's certain suits that have like glowing LEDs on them and like the glowing LEDs from his chest light up the environment as he walks through it and like yeah. does it's it's this is why people say like oh there weren't launch games for yes there are this game will blow your mind on playstation 5 it will yeah. it is yeah, a playstation is. 5 launch game yeah you can play it on ps4 that doesn't change the fact that it will blow your mind on ps5 like yeah like you can Even play this with, game that you can was play anything in low settings this it's it's 
It it very much feels next gen. It does not feel like a boosted. Absolutely. Game yep, I agree a thousand percent. I am enjoying the. There's crap like out of this. all the fights. This all is the, the game when the show's over today. I'm going back to yeah. keep playing. This was the game this morning when I had like 30 spare minutes and I was trying to get a little more gameplay in before we recorded the show. This was the game I was playing. So and it's like little things like the you know things that you don't think should be as important, but they do make a difference like you know the the amount of everything almost everything can be destroyed in the game like yeah, they shatter yeah. into realistic particle stuff and in real pieces that look like if you took all those pieces and put them back together you would have the object you have the piece the, yeah <laughs> and like just like the fight like yeah. the like the boss fights especially the end fight where like there's there's i don't know anything about that yet no and but don't it's just spoil like it. but you're knocking the boss through like you know things and environments and walls and stuff Real time, like you know, just incidentally, that's the way I hit the hit Matt, the. Matt, are you the saying thing. that comic that, I, that I've been asking for destroy turn into a video game? A little bit, saying? because like you're like it, and it doesn't matter really. It's not. It's just like you know, oh, you hit a thing and it shatters into pieces. Yeah. But the fact that I can hit this this enemy and it knocks them through like this pillar and the pillar collapses and all this yeah. thing, and like it doesn't you know it doesn't do anything else except collapse and we're continuing the fight immediately. But it just feels so big. And yeah. powerful and epic, like it, it, it just sells the moment in a way that you couldn't before. And there was like this moment where I'm like, okay, this power upgrade matters. Like it, it, it that's where some of this, the boss fights in this game is. Is there the tree a lot smaller? I can't remember the tree from the first game. The tree is much smaller. Okay, yes. I thought so when I saw it, but I was like, maybe I'm just not remembering the first game correctly. No, the tree. In matter of fact, when I first started the game up, I figured that once you got to the outer side of the part of the tree, they expanded out to another section. Uh -huh. But it does not. That, that's, oh, okay. that's the end. So of that's it. it. Just those that's three. It. What kind you of see is what you get. Okay. Yeah. So that is pared down pretty significantly from the last game. But yeah. again, you're paying less for this game. Um, yeah, the, the level cap is 20. And I think the level cap in the first game was 40. Or maybe it went to 50 with DLC. I don't remember, actually. It was hot. It was a much longer road. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that. Yep. Um, but it's all great, and like there's a yeah, there's a lot of upgrade stuff that like makes sense for the character, but also makes sense for moving forward. Like the the spider app that uh, Genki designs is like you can go do all those side stuff through that, and a lot of it is there's like two sides. There's crimes and activities, and so the activities are basically requests people make on the app to to get help from Spider Man, and they all feel like what you said. They feel like a neighborhood. They feel like people helping people out uh, in the in the local area. They all know who he is. They know or they know he's Spider Man. There's a big feeling of like he's Harlem Spider-Man, he's our Spider-Man, uh, which, which really creates a sense of community that like that yeah. sells the story going forward. Uh, the crime stuff is great because, you know, you have the bonus objectives to fully complete them. And in the first game, if you couldn't complete a bonus objective on like the car chase thing or something, you had to basically swing around and hope another car chase happened on this right. one. You just pick it from the app and you get to go do it. Yeah, and that's try a big again. improvement, man. Um, that's a so there's, improvement. there's a little yeah, quality of life things. Too. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. Uh, look, just another... Top shelf Insomniac product. Yeah, it's just they, Insomniac being Insomniac, really. I mean, they it's, just the, the the polish and the attention to detail in its games. It is reaching that next level area yeah. where oh, and the soundtrack because Miles has better taste amazing. in music than Peter is is just incredible. But that all like, adds into what I was saying earlier about how it, the tone of the game and the yeah. vibe of the game is completely different. They're playing hip hop and like soul, and it just. It's New York. I love mm -hmm. it. It took me to New York, and I have not been there now in two years. We go there on our anniversary sometimes when we're home for the holidays. I didn't go last year, and obviously I'm not going to go this year, um, but it gave me a little taste of New York City, and I do miss it. So um, it's also a nice little, like, getaway escape for me it was because it looks so real and feels so real. 
Um, it was nice to get out of LA for a few hours mm -hmm. and out of this friggin' apartment I've been trapped in for nine months. Uh, so anyway, there and you another go. example here of just how far you can see. Yeah, like the the draw distance. I haven't seen any pop up. I haven't seen any hitching. I haven't no. seen. I mean, it's just it's pristine. Yeah, think about the drawing we were seeing in uh, that brief gameplay demo of uh, Halo Infinite. Yeah. I mean, that was like pre-produced, like best look, best foot forward footage. And we were seeing drawing. So I don't know. And I saw in chat that Vincent said that Digital Foundry published another comparison today for Valhalla and PlayStation 5 one again. Said there's a lot of tearing in. I don't know if you've been playing the Series X version, so you've probably yeah. seen it. Is there well, I said that. Valhalla? I said there's tearing in in the oh, yeah, Xbox were, version. Oh, I thought you were just saying in general. Okay. No, the Xbox. No, there's no tearing because the V Sync's on on the PS5 and it's not on on Xbox Series there's X. There's no tearing so. on PS5. I can vouch no. for that. No. So I'm, I mean, I'm figuring that's going to be a patch at some point, but I don't know why it's not already on to begin with. Yep. Um. So yeah, yep. I would pre I would prefer V Sync be on Ubisoft just so, for the record. Yeah, that doesn't so, cost anything. That's not it a really thing. doesn't. But it look, there's just these little things that they have to like be able to turn on and off. Both consoles yeah. have little things like that right now. I think they'll both get sorted out within the next like 30 days. I wouldn't worry about that stuff. <clears throat> okay, it's time for Q and A, and we have I don't know. We got about 10 minutes here to answer a few of your questions. Um, let's get into them. Here's one from Yakov two two six. Yakov, what's up, man? Um, I, I feel like I've seen you on Patreon all the time and on the site all the time, but I don't feel like I've ever seen you on a live show. Um, you've been supporting us for a long time, and I've never had a chance to say thank you. So thank you, my brother. Um, his question is, do you think this gen is the make it or break it for Xbox? Um, it looks to me that Microsoft is putting a crazy amount of money into the box, buying studios and losing money on the two SKUs and spending huge on Game Pass. They're giving the Series X the best starting odds, and now it's on Series X to prove it can take the lead in the industry. Um, I think everyone always forgets. I don't think it'll ever be do or die for Microsoft, ever. Everyone forgets it's Microsoft. They literally have more money than God. They could fail four more generations of Xbox and still have plenty of money to do it a fifth time. So... Yeah, I don't. I really hesitate, hesitate to ever say anything is do or die when you're talking about Microsoft because it can just make money appear and make it so. So, no, I don't think it's do or die. Do I think it's make or break as far as Xbox ever having a chance to win a generation? Yeah, I could maybe see that. Um, as far as mind share and things like that are concerned, you lose another generation as badly as you lost the last one, it could be a pretty tough uphill battle to fight. Uh, but as far as like make or break for Xbox, no. What about you, Matt? Um, I don't think it's make or break, but I don't see them. It better not be because I don't see them taking the lead this gen. I think they'll close the gap, but I can't see them beating PlayStation. I don't this, either. This time. I don't even know if they'll close the gap, to be honest with you, Matt. I don't know if they'll close completely, but they will gain some ground. Um, I thought at first but, maybe, but now it's like that I've had my PlayStation 5 for a week. Mm. I, I don't know. We'll see what they can pull out in terms of like exclusive stuff. Not exclusive they stuff, but like Xbox-specific. <laughs> I mean, look, if you actually put Elder Scrolls on Xbox only, there you go. They're going like, to have to, but I think what's going to happen is their hand's going to be forced. Right now, like Bethesda is like hemming and hauling, and I know I get it. They're like, I'm sure the decision isn't isn't made yet. Like, there's a whole yeah, thing going but, on. Yeah, look, Bethesda eventually is going to have to bend the knee. I mean, I get it. They're like, we don't want to piss off half our fans, and we can't piss off half our fans. Well, guess what? Like, they bought you for a reason. You're mm. a pawn. 
You're a pawn that Microsoft is going to slide on the chessboard wherever it needs to go so they win the chess game. Honestly, this is Bethesda is more of a rook or a knight at this point. Yeah. Like, that's a that's a real if you gotta buy an Xbox or a PC to play or a Windows PC to play uh Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six, like that's that's real shit, right? I there. mean, it's a rook for sure. Serious I mean, it's, it's a powerful piece, and yeah. Microsoft's gonna wield it however it can to win. So, of course, it look Bethesda can cry and moan about their fans all they want. If it comes down to it, and things are looking the way I think they're gonna be looking by the time those games are ready, those games are gonna be exclusive to Xbox. That's just all there is to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, great question, Yakov, and thanks again for joining uh, the stream, man. Come back. Um. Kevin Rafa, what will be your holiday game to play? Isn't it everybody's the same? Isn't it Cyberpunk 2077? Yeah, it's going to end up being Cyberpunk. Just it's timing. everyone's holiday game to play. No one's going to finish it by the time. It's 10 days after Christmas. No one's going to be done with it then, I don't think. So, yeah, I think it's everyone's holiday game. Um, From Vincent. Uh, the Game Awards nominations are out. Totally missed that. Did not see it. Or we yeah, that was this morning. Them. No, I missed that, or we would have discussed them here on the show. I imagine you were busy loading the TriCaster. And doing everything else. Yeah, just recording footage for all this crap, dude. It was a lot of freaking work. There's a lot of games to cover in this episode. Um, uh, the TGA noms are out. Game of the year are Animal Crossing, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, what should win? What will win? Well, we don't want to spoil our Game of the Year picks yet. I do think mm. that those nominees are pretty good. I'll say that. Uh, I think Final Fantasy VII Remake being nominated is ridiculous. Well, but the rest like, of Matt, them are pretty you knew solid. it was going to be there. It's I know, but if we, I mean, we're talking about if it's a popularity contest, sure. But if we're talking about an actual quality game, that game has no business being in that list at yeah. all. And I would say Doom Eternal's on the fringe a little bit. I didn't like Doom Eternal very much, but I don't, I don't know if how much of that was the game and how much of it was me expecting it to be a sequel to 2016 and not a reinvention of like the arcade shooter idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm willing to chalk more game. of that up to me than the game. Like it does what it does really well. I just don't like what it does very much. So maybe that's how we'll answer it. We'll give you the two that we didn't think maybe deserve to make the list. I'm glad Hades is in there. I think it deserves to be in there for sure. Yeah. Is that fair enough? Um, Justin Horman, do you think PS5 was pushed out earlier than it was originally going to launch? Yeah, Matt said this earlier yes. in the show. Absolutely. I think definitely. I, I think, think both, both of them were. were. Yeah. yeah, not just PS5. I think both of these things came in real hot. Yep. Uh, man, there's so many questions. We'll try to get to as many as we can, guys. Uh, Eat Demon, I think we already answered one of yours earlier, so I'm going to answer someone else's. Um, Emperor Dread, have you seen Tim Sweeney of Epic making comparisons between the Epic Apple court fight and the civil rights movement on Twitter? If uh, dude, I don't want to finish the question. <laughs> if he did that, he did do that. Oh, then there's nothing more gross. I did see uh, my eyeball saw the word "gross" in the rest of your sentence. Yes, gross. Yeah, it's it's. Ugh. It's, what is wrong with him? It's so tone, dude. It's so tone deaf. I don't think even Elon Musk would say that. When you, it's so funny when these people get so much money, they lose their minds. Yeah, it's, it's, been, like, it's been a very long time since anyone told Tim Sweeney no. Is what yeah, I get from that it's statement. Getting very, it's becoming very obvious that yeah, he's become somebody that no one will tell them you're insane. Oh Lord, that's <laughs> gross. Yep. How could you do that, man? Gee, I don't know. That's bad. Um, okay, let's on a happier note, let's find a happier question. <laughs> um, Congram one Marvel's Avengers missed sales expect expectations, selling only 60% of projections at just over 3 million. Uh, with Marvel Spider Man selling 20 plus million now, where would you think Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics went wrong? 
Um, oh, that's not an easy thing to answer. No, it's because look, the I think the game is good. Yeah, it's. But, I think the the problem was like they. I think one of the errors was making it a multiplayer focused game that they wanted to be a game as a service that lasted forever. Uh, clearly, they their heart was more in the story driven campaign side of things, which is what they did really well in that game. The other problem with it, of course is Spider-Man, you make one game about one character that does a one set of things, and Avengers so has to be about easier. a team that does six different things, and it feels like six different combat systems. That's a problem. It's and on a top of the bigger job, for sure. I do hope that at some point they learn, and I think we've seen that this week where we, we found, I mean, obviously it doesn't include digital, but Jedi Fallen Order is the number two top-selling game of the last 12 months. Yep. So please, EA, tell me again about how no one wants single-player adventure games. The, the reason it failed like, is because of greed. If, yeah. they, if that game had just been... the If it had been like Spider-Man, it probably would have sold better. It would have sold through the roof. But because Square Enix was greedy and felt like it had needed to have this game as a service, because let's be honest, it was just tacked on to the end of this game. Mm -hmm. Crystal Dynamics created the campaign, which I believe is great, and I really enjoy it. Yeah. And then they were forced to add this shit on the end of their game. I feel terrible for them. I feel terrible for people I know personally who worked on this game. And they can't be honest with me about it. I know what they're feeling right now. They got shanked. If that game had just been that campaign and there wasn't all these this messaging flying around Destiny, Marvel Destiny, a lot of people rejected Destiny. A lot of people don't like Destiny. If they had, If the messaging was, this is like, Spider-Man, but the Avengers, I guarantee that game would have sold way better. The messaging got mm -hmm. too muddy. There was footage out there of the open world goofy crap that even looked terrible in footage. It was, in my opinion, it's all Square Enix's fault. That's where I would put the blame. I think it's definitely it was definitely down to a corporate decision that has backfired on them spectacularly. Um, yep. The people making that game very, very obviously had their hearts in it and were trying to make something about something they loved. And... Um, it was basically undermined by the attempt to make it a game as a service, attempt to make it something that was artificially extended. Uh, and that's what we ended up with. The mixed messaging, I think, really hurt it in terms of what it was supposed to be, what it was trying to be, and how much of your money it wanted. So uh, it's a shame. And I still enjoyed it. I still liked it very much. But I certainly haven't gone back to any of the post-game content in at least a month and a half. Like it's been I, a long I time. didn't touch that game. I finished the campaign. I played enough of the open world stuff to get the lay of the land, to know it was pretty much the same I played in the beta, and I was mm -hmm. done. I never went back. Um, but if you market it as, hey, here's this awesome single-player Avengers thing, and then we're going to give you a couple pieces of story DLC later on after that and a couple characters, that game sells fine. Mm -hmm. The messaging around and the quality was fine. Very frustrating. And I, again, I feel really bad for the people that I know that worked on that game. It sucks. Um, Ed Rock, the truth. Kind of shocked Mario 3D All-Stars did add GameCube controller support. I was pleasantly surprised by that, too. Yeah. Um, any hope for widescreen support for Mario 64? No. <laughs> Let's not go crazy. No, because um, it's the game was built at 4x3. Yeah, it's, I mean, you can make your display at widescreen. On widescreen, emulators can do that very easily. Um, will they make it do that? I don't know. Like, I mean, it'd be a pretty simple thing to add, I think, but who knows if they'll, they want to do it. Someone, I saw someone joking that, like, basically... Um, if by the time you can no longer buy this collection anymore at the end of March, it will be really worth playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> um, okay, we'll answer one more. Uh, try to get through as many as we can, but we're running out of time. 
Uh, people keep asking you about the hidden door in Demon Souls, and it's Jam Rain is asking. And since mm. he sent me a dual sense, and since he made it rain in our freaking stream again, he's gonna get his question answered. Do you know about the secret door in Demon Souls? I know about like that's all I know that it's there. Like oh, okay. I don't think anyone's managed to open it yet. Okay, it's new to the remake, so whatever it is, nobody knows yet. They'll figure it out in a week. The, 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 the Souls community is is no slacker on finding the secrets and things, so it'll happen. Yep. Uh, Fire Native, thank you for Twitch Prime. Johnny Hurricane, thank you for Twitch Prime. Thank you for everything, Johnny Hurricane. You're the man. Gohan Rage, hope you're doing well, man. Thank you for Twitch Prime. If I missed anybody who gave us Twitch Prime, I apologize again. This chat, for whatever reason, it archives and I lose half of it. I would thank every single one of you guys if I could. So that's it. We're putting the cap on episode 237. A massive episode capping off a massive week. Massive two weeks, really. I'm really tired. I'll be hmm. honest. I haven't slept much for like a week trying to play all these games and get all this coverage done. I hope you guys have appreciated that we've been putting up stuff. Like, you know, we put up our unboxing and a UI walkthrough uh, leading up to Game Face today. I didn't want to leave you guys waiting uh, until today to get all the infos. But anyway, that's it. Xbox Series X review in the books. PlayStation 5 review in the books. Now bring on the freaking games, people. That's all that's left now. And for all of you guys to find your consoles. And I do wish you luck. And again, I implore you to stay on Sifted. Use our deals page. We'll keep you up to date on when all the shipments are coming through, all the retailers. We'll try to help you guys out as best we can. So uh, for those of you who are listening to the show on the audio-only version of uh, Game Face, by the way, that's delayed four days if you haven't figured it out yet. If you want to get it day and date, go to patreon.com slash sifted. It's S-I-F-T-D without the E. Uh, and if you want to find me on Twitter, and I do tweet, I've actually been better at tweeting lately. Uh, for a good three years there, I was pretty much just tweeting, hey, here's this new thing that we just posted on Sifted. I'm actually kind of being a Twitter user over the last few months. If you want to follow me there, I'm at Dinfire, D-I-N-F-I-R-E. If you want to find Matt, you can find him at mkyle, that's M-K-E-I-L. And if you want to find the site, and again, if you are one of those people who are listening to the audio podcast or you're watching the show on YouTube, you should follow us on Twitter to get alerts when we're going live. When the archives are going up for you guys, you can follow us there at Sifted Games. So on behalf of Jared, who actually added value to the show today, giving us his take, uh, the casual kind of take, although I don't know if he's casual anymore, uh, take on the next-gen consoles. That was great. And on behalf of Matt, I'm Shane. We'll be back here next week. Game Face is up and out.